0: Following is a presentation of the Outside Lits Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit,
1: Michigan. You're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean. The Outside flip.
0: And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious titillating Tyler Dean, and the one and only the Cannonball Alex Steele. First, we'll start with Tyler. Tyler, how you doing, bubba?
1: We're still here. We're still here. Um, two weeks in a row. so it's like takes like a record this season.
0: Yeah, Tyler, it's two weeks in a row. Uh, I'm I just I'm so glad that that we've gotten the consistency out of you. Much more consistent of Tyler I'm glad you couldn't make it Alex how you doing Bubba
2: uh, I'm, I'm doing fantastic you know uh, it, it's it's one of the biggest uh, Saturdays of the year for me as uh, my Michigan Wolverines are about to go to Columbus to uh, to play football against the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, I know this is football day today but I thought I'd make mention of it yeah
0: uh, it's college football day I, I know you're excited this kind of, you know there's a lot of football holidays um, you know and this is one of them I, I know you're fired up about it. It's going to be. It's going to make for a good time. Uh, So, gentlemen, we have uh, uh, some scores to go over. We've got some, and and we also we had for those scores. I want to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody enjoyed that. That was a hell of a holiday, uh, filled with some great, great football. Uh, I I really had. I really had a lot of uh, enjoyable times drinking those beers, watching those games. All three of those games were rock solid. Uh, Probably some of the best football games we've had on Thanksgiving in a while. Uh, So, And for all three of them to be as good as they were and as tight as they were and as contested as they were. um, uh, From the Lions game, Lions-Bills game, which was fun as all hell. The Vikings-Patriots game. I think actually the least competitive game of the week was actually Dallas versus the Giants. Tyler, am I right?
1: Uh, yes and no. Cause I, I think because it actually got a little little one sided, but it's, but for most of the game it was close, and then it Cowboys took over, then, then the Giants kind of came back in garbage time a little bit, but it was it was still a pretty good game.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the the two closer ones were were the Bills and, and Lions and Vikings and Patriots. I thought they were a lot closer, uh, a lot more fun, a lot more fun than than the Dallas one. I didn't really pay attention much to the Dallas one after a while because it was just like. Kind of one-sided. The The Cowboys were kind of stomping away at the Giant, But I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you guys ate a lot of turkey. But we got some scores to jump into. So uh, I'm going to jump into these scores real quick. Fellas, are you ready?
2: Yes, sir. Let's get it done.
0: All right. We're here. Tyler, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Here are your scores for Week 11 in the NFL. Starting out with the Titans and the Packers. The Titans, man. Stomping out the Packers 27 17. Uh, you know, I, I really love this game. I thought it was a, a great time because I wanted to see those Packers lose bad, and they did. Uh, Derrick Henry looked damn good in this game. Uh, Tyler, is Derrick Henry just the still the best running back in football? I mean, I know he hasn't put up the numbers that we normally see out of Derrick Henry, uh,
1: I mean, but he's still leading the league. I think he's on pace for close to 2,000. I, there's no reason to say otherwise. I. I'm kind of eating a shitburger. Oh, well, that's not fair. I didn't say he's gonna be bad. I, I just didn't think he's gonna be Derrick Henry of old. And right now, he's Derrick Henry of old. Yeah, he he broke. Uh, he's broken a thousand now. We're over at. I think we're at one thousand fifty right now.
0: So he he has broken a thousand. Uh, Alex, what do you make of this game? Uh, Ryan Tannehill goes for two touchdowns and a pick, but he was pretty damn accurate on the day. Twenty two for twenty seven.
2: Yep, that's absolutely true. You know, um, it looks like he was the better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Not that Aaron Rodgers uh, put up a bad stat line per se. Um, It just looked like the Titans were simply the better team. And I, for one, am here for it.
0: Yeah, they did look like they were better. And uh, also a guy that we've been shitting on all year that turned it on in this game, Traylon Burks. Let's not uh, forget about him, 7 for 111 in this game. So he actually had himself a good game. Next up. We're over here looking at the Bears and the Falcons. Kind of a close one of two kind of questionable teams. The Falcons have been so hit or miss lately. They're in, they're out, they're, they're in contention, they're not in contention. They're going for the division, they're not going for the division. Uh, in this situation, they get back in the division. You know, uh, Marcus Mariota just doing enough. And I think that's kind of what the story of the Falcons has been all year. Is they just have this quarterback that just does enough. Meanwhile, the Bears... I mean, we know the story. Busting Justin Fields, 14 for 21, 153, touchdown. He runs for 85 yards. Who gives a shit? I think the guy's a bust. He separates his shoulder on the last drive of this game. Tyler, what do you make of this Justin Fields fiasco?
1: We talked a lot about it last week. I, right, right now, I just don't know. Because last week, I was—I don't want to say he's making me a believer. But last week, I'm like, you know what? He's, he's, he's running well. He's, he's hes hes doing what you're supposed to do as a player. And in and advancing his team down the field, but then you get to this weekend, it was the the run game was just not there. When the run game's not there, field is not there at all because there is no pass game.
0: Right. Uh Alex, you know the the Falcons, they're kind of playing the hokey pokey with this division. They're, they're they're in a moment they're they're in the contention for this division, and then the next minute they're not in contention for this division. Right now, sitting at five and six, do you still think that they have a shot with Tom Brady starting to warm up here and kind of finding his momentum?
2: You know, if Tom Brady does get his momentum and he gets his mojo going, it's going to be really tough sledding for the Falcons. Uh, but because they're going to need help, you know, they're sitting at five and six. Tampa's at five and five, and uh, this week, uh, Tampa has Cleveland. So don't really expect and we'll get into, we'll get into predictions later, but don't expect much. Uh, you know, slowing down as far as Tom Brady is concerned. I think the Falcons are going to be you know, scratching a clawing for that spot, but I don't think they're going to get it.
0: Yeah, I, I think the, you're right. I believe Tom Brady is starting to fire up. But in this case, the Falcons do get the W, 27-24, and find themselves in contention for that division. Uh, next up, we got Eagles and the Colts. A weirdly close game. Eagles beat the Colts 17-16. to uh, It was a last-minute score. A, a very fun game to watch. I didn't expect this. Tyler, are the Eagles slowing down? Are we going to see that, that Arizona Cardinals 2021 type of fallback where they slow down so hard at midway through the season and then skid their way into the playoffs? Or are we going to see the Eagles still keeping it turned on all the rest of the year?
1: Man, I, I don't know. Cause I mean, part of it is, um, is Hertz and, uh, AJ Brown have just not been playing up the stuff last few weeks, but that but the issue also lies in the fact that you have what's now a red-hot Dallas team right on their tail.
0: Yeah, and let's not forget, even though the Giants did lose to Dallas, the Giants are still in the mix. That's that's the other scary part. Uh, and, and the other side, Alex, Jeff Saturday, man, I, I don't know what it is, but suddenly this Colts team has become a lot more competitive with Jeff Saturday in spite of the fact that Jeff Saturday is not a head coach. Do you believe in Jeff Saturday?
2: Well, the results seem to speak for themselves. I mean, if if you go toe to toe with the with the leagues with the best team in the NFC, you know it it stands to reason that uh, you know you you got all the right pieces in place. I mean, it kind of helps that they fired, uh, you know, Frank Reich. You know, it kind of helps that they put Matt Ryan back where he belongs in the starting position. Um, You know, probably because they just got a fresh set of eyes on the product. Um, I can't see I can't see Jeff Saturday making it to a permanent head coaching uh, position, they'll probably go out and go get another one. But as far as this, this is concerned, I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, I, I think Jeff Saturday has given these guys an <clears throat> added little bit of life here. And the fact that they were competitive against the Philadelphia Eagles in the situation kind of says a lot about the Colts. The first they get a win, now they're competing against the Eagles and leading them all till the end of the game. Interesting situation there. I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, with the Colts, pleasantly surprised, that is. Um, next up, we got the Jets and the Patriots. The Patriots beat the Jets 10-3. to uh, You know, first of all, Tyler, for the Jets, um, I know your boy Joe Flacco is set to be quarterback two. I don't personally like the fact that he's going to be quarterback two. He should be QB1 as far as I'm concerned, even though last year we did ride the Mike White bandwagon. For our um, game. For a game? Yeah, exactly.
1: Scott, no, hold on. Scott re- um, got on the Mike White bandwagon. Well, it wasn't just me.
0: It was it was our good friend Ray Collins as well. But Mike White went out there and, and uh, he had himself a hell of a game and then fell apart the next one. But the Jets getting ready to start Mike White here. Uh, you know, after the, the crazy situation, Zach Wilson basically not taking responsibility for the bad play. Uh, are the Jets doing the right thing, benching Zach Wilson, starting Mike White over Joel Flacco? W- what do you make of this quarterback situation?
1: Well, starting Mike White over Flacco feels like a major mistake to me. And Fl- Flacco did this team some good some some good things in, in the early parts of the season while Zach Wilson was was injured. As far as Zach Wilson goes, uh, I think benching him is the right call right now, not not permanently. Um, I don't, I still don't necessarily like Zach Wilson, but I think you gotta you gotta let him know, like, hey. You need to make this team yours or not at all,
0: right? I think you know you're you're right on the nose there. I, I believe that, and I don't think they're even having him dressed this weekend, which is uh, saying something about how pissed off they are at him. On the other side, Alex, they've got some quarterback woes of their own. Uh, Mac Jones has not been good this year. Um, suddenly, he's he's looking like you know he a little more accurate. He looked accurate in this game, twenty three uh, for twenty seven, two forty six. Couldn't get into the end zone. He also looked damn good in that Vikings game. Uh, Is Mac Jones the quarterback here? Should he be the quarterback after the whole Bailey Zappi situation? What do you
2: make of this? Well, I think think that at this point, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, I I wonder... I'd have to gauge the New England audience to see if they're clamoring for Bailey Zappi still. I mean, the fact that you have Mac Jones put up two decent stat lines uh, in five days uh, is... You know, an indicator that, you know, he could be the guy, you know, we definitely we definitely saw, you know, we definitely were talking about, oh, Mac Jones is a bust. Obviously, he proved us wrong. And it seems to be continuing here.
0: I don't know that necessarily Mac Jones proved us wrong. Um, I I don't think Mac Jones has been up a par this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year, he looked good. Last year, Mac Jones, everybody was talking about it. But this year, eh, I got my questions about uh, old Mac Jones. Uh, he, you know, he did not play well, then he injured his ankle, then he came back, didn't play well again, Bailey Zappi was doing well, Bailey Zappi comes in, he doesn't do well. You know, we, we wound up in kind of an interesting uh, quandary there, as far as this Bailey Zappi versus Mac Jones situation, Zappi came in, they, they were doing like a dual quarterback system, last two games, Mac Jones has been good, and there's questions there, I'll say that much. There are questions there, but at the end of the day... Um, Mac Jones winds up getting the start, and the, the Patriots wind up getting the win over the Jets 10 to 3. A very low scoring game. The Patriots do win this game on a kick return, a last <laughs> minute kick return. I mean, it is what it is, I guess, but they, they get it on you, a left.
1: Th- you never see that. Yep, no. <laughs> not like that at least.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, next up, the uh, commanders go out and beat the Texans 23 to 10. Uh, you know. Taylor Heineke, man, I don't know what it is about this guy. This team plays for him. He's not playing well. Let me make that clear. 15 for 27 for 191 in this game. But 23 to 10, the the team comes out and plays. Curtis Samuel gets a rushing touchdown. The defense gets an interception for a touchdown. I, I mean, like, this team, they just rally around this guy. And I don't know what in the hell is going on with it. But they get yet another win. The Commanders are now officially over five hundred. Tyler, this Washington Commanders team—do they have a shot at the playoffs? What What do you make of this?
1: Um, I keep saying in the NFC, of course you do. With the NFC is starting to heat up a little bit. I don't think they're up with the AFC yet. But uh, <laughs> the thing, this thing with Heineke though, like you're you're right. And me and my dad were talking about this. Like statistically, Wentz is better by yep. a good margin. Yep. But the problem is, is Heineke has this energy, that he brings. Like he, like like, it's it's just the way he he presents himself on the field that, it, no one's ever come out and said it, but the, you can tell that the team rallies behind him. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why, because he sucks, but his energy's there, and, and the team's there for it. And if the team's there for it, the team's rallying behind you. That's the hot hand.
0: Yeah, and and that's kind of where we're at. I I really think that that is the. Uh... The truth of the matter. On the other side, the Houston Texans, uh, they're finally looking like they're going to be moving on from Davis Mills. And and with the Houston Texans, they're going to wind up with a, a very high draft pick. And and Davis Mills had himself a bad game. Davis Mills will be benched this upcoming week. We'll be talking about that shortly. Um, you know, Alex, what do you think the likelihood is that the Houston Texans go into this draft with the, you know, potentially the top overall pick, draft a QB, and uh, start planning for their future?
2: I mean, it would. It sounds like it makes the most sense uh, to go into the draft and get a quarterback. Here's the problem, though. The, the, it doesn't sound like the quarterback class. Unless I'm wrong, you know, the quarterback class doesn't sound like it's like as plentiful as it has been in drafts past. Uh, so you, you're really going to have to, you know, thread the needle and get the guy that you really want, and that's going to be a benefit to your organization. Um, that said, you know. It, it doesn't seem like i don't think i don't even think even Houston could screw this up but we've seen some we've seen some meltdowns in the past
0: yeah we're, we're i i would say pl- plentiful is the proper word to use there's definitely high end talent uh you know between you know the the cat from alabama and you got cj stroud out of ohio state you got Hendon hooker you got some higher end talent but you're going to have to get a real high in the draft the good news for the houston texans they have several draft picks uh, in the first round if I'm not mistaken. So they'll be uh, good to go there. Uh, Next up we got the Saints taking on the Rams. They beat them 27-20. This Rams team falling apart. Matt Stafford did not look good. I keep screaming over and over and over again, this man's going to need Tommy John surgery. I still believe it. I stand by that. I think every time you've got an elbow injury and you're getting fucking cortisone shots in your elbow, we're talking about Tommy John. I mean, that's just kind of what it sounds like to me. Tyler, where, where are you at with this Rams team? Where are you at with Stafford's elbow? What do you make of this situation?
1: Well, I'm not sure where. if you guys put my bull predictions up and you did the bull prediction show without me, but um, I predicted Rams and, and and Packers to finish last year divisions, and I'm sticking to that. I yeah. think the Rams are on their way to a very bad place, and the Lions are probably just screaming. like The Lions are going from thinking they're going to get like a uh, – Late twenties pick to a top ten pick from the Rams. Yeah, I I uh,
0: I can't believe that that's actually happening. What's the over under on Stafford needing Tommy John after this year? You think?
1: I don't know. I I, I watched the guy still throw these deep passes pretty decent. I I think he's definitely got some elbow issues. I I don't know that. I think it's Tommy John, but it's, there's definitely something going on.
2: I'd yeah. put the line at minus five
1: hundred. Yeah, I I think I'm, it's- I'm more like plus five hundred. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I think it's pretty high that he's going to wind up needing it. I'm, I'm pretty damn sure uh, the way things are looking. Now on the other side, the Saints, they're 4-7 and seven now. Uh, Andy Dalton actually looked halfway decent. I think this is the tale of two quarterbacks in this game. He went 21 for 25, 260, and three touchdowns. Had himself a really, really nice game against a really questionable questionable Rams team. Alex, what do you make of the Saints team? Do you think that they're in the running for a quarterback? Do you think they're going to wind up with a quarterback? I'm not even sure that they have a first-round pick this year. Uh, you know, do you think they trade up? What's the uh, the chances of them going out and getting a quarterback in this year's draft?
2: Um, I mean, it all depends on, you know, the talent that's available by the time their number comes up. Uh, you know, Like you said, there's, there's plentiful talent. You know, and if everybody goes running back, everybody goes wide receiver, you know, eventually you get to the point where... You know, there's some quarterbacks listed there. I mean, they're probably not going to get a top-tier quarterback, but they might get somebody halfway decent. You know, but I, I think it, it's definitely the right move. I mean, Andy Dalton's clearly not the guy. Taysom Hill is clearly not the guy. Uh, Taysom Hill is a backup at best. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's really not necessary. It's, it's a matter of necessity, actually, if if you ask me.
0: Yeah, um, for the record, New Orleans, they have uh, traded one of their draft pick, which is at right now sitting at number 10 overall, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so that that was uh, uh, something that, that went on a while ago. Uh, they do not have a first-rounder, as it currently stands in New Orleans Saints. Uh, no,
1: they, they have a second and a third, no fourth and fifth, and then a bunch of sixths.
0: Right, so, so they don't have anything for a first-rounder at all. Um, and also, for the record, the Rams right now sitting at six overall with that, or I'm sorry, that that would have been six overall, but it went to Detroit. So the Rams uh, are currently also without a first round draft. Ooh,
1: we're due for a trade.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's,
1: they they have they have a twenty, they, they have a first rounder in 2024. We're we're due for a trade.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're gonna <laughs> fuck them picks, right? That's kind of where we're at. Uh, next up, we got the Bills and the Browns. Bills beat the Browns 31-23. to uh, This was the, the game that got that took place in Detroit because the Bills uh, had to get flown out of Buffalo. Kudos to those fans, by the way, for getting them all the way to Detroit. I think that says a lot uh, about the, the fans in, in that area, making sure their team gets where they're going to go. I, I would say the Buffalo Bills fans are some of the most passionate out there. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills, You know, this team has horrendously slowed down the last couple of weeks, I will say, in spite of the fact that they get the W here 31-23 and and they were pretty efficient. Very much slowed down. They've been having trouble, a lot more trouble, winning football games in the last couple of weeks. Defense hasn't looked the same. Now we're talking, and we'll talk about Von Miller in a little bit. Uh, Tyler, Buffalo Bills, are they the team to hit the midway point and have that Arizona Cardinals 2021 slowdown?
1: No, we aren't there because we're we're still putting up um, monster points. It's not like they they went from doing monster points to nothing. I, the, the defense needs us to do a better job, which is going to take a major hit here. Um, yep. Right now, I'm more annoyed at coaching. To be honest with you, um, yeah, mostly off the field because the last week. Mike, my, my big question here is two two questions. Why did we wait till till Saturday afternoon to fly out of, out of Buffalo? Yeah. Question two. Why did we fly back to Buffalo before the Detroit game?
0: Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. Uh, why didn't you just practice in Detroit?
1: Lions have already been gracious enough. I'm sure they'll let you use the field over in uh, Allen Park. Yep. I I don't know or any any local field. Just why do you fly back? Why? Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. Are you trying to give your team jet lag? I mean. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it was it was silly to say the least. I, I don't understand why they, they flew back and all that other stuff. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills uh, do get the W over the Cleveland Browns, 31-23. Uh, Alex, as for the Browns, Jacoby Brissett obviously is not the answer. Um, you know, he, he's filled in admirably. Uh, I thought they the, this Browns team would have a lot more wins than they have, to be honest with you. Uh, but here we are. Uh, first of all, are you excited for Deshaun Watson? And second of all, is Amari Cooper just the most underrated receiver in all of football right now?
2: Well, they're definitely not talking about him enough. I mean, you know, when he was with Dallas, he was the bee's knees. Uh, he's put, he put up eight receptions for 113 yards and for, for two touchdowns. So, yeah, obviously, you know, he's the best receiver on that team. Uh, as far as Deshaun Watson, man, I'm not terribly excited. To be honest with you, I think, uh, you know, it's too little too late. You know, the whole lawsuit thing the whole suspension thing really kind of, you know, screwed the pooch for him. So I, I would, you know, I expect that carousel of starting quarterbacks to start up again.
0: Yeah, they, they could wind up starting out that that uh, draft situation uh, quite a bit. I mean, we, we had the, the plethora of quarterbacks coming through their first round picks, you know, whether it be. Couch or Seneca Wallace or, you know, you you name it, they, they had it. So <laughs> the Cleveland Browns drop another one, 31-23. Um, but you and, know
1: who's having a quiet, good season as a WR2, and I I, I kind of called this one, is, is DPJ.
0: Yeah, Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones has he's, been uh, – He's
1: playing well.
0: Yep. Yeah. He's, he's definitely playing well i I'm, I'm a little surprised at how well he's played but i do think the Browns are gonna probably go in and, and dig down for another receiver
1: that um, would help because he's consistently putting up like his, his last like eight weeks 70 50 70 70 80 90 60. yep he's definitely he, he just team. gets his first touchdown of the year this week but touchdowns are kind of a premium they're kind of what they are but he's he's doing what you want a number two receiver to do
0: yeah, I agree uh, i I think they need they need one more receding threat over there maybe a, a number two tight end but I I do agree with you I do think that they they uh, have a really solid number two in donovan people Jones uh we we liked him last year I know we talked about him on this show and we liked him last year this year same situation uh, I kind of like him uh, uh even more this year so kudos to him uh next up Tyler your Ravens over the Panthers. Uh, You know, this game right here was um, interesting, to say the least. A lot closer than I thought. Uh, Lamar has himself a really kind of pedestrian game. Uh, 24 for 33 for 209, throws a pick, doesn't get in the end zone. Uh, He gets in the end zone as far as running the ball, but not passing the ball. Uh, And Demarcus Robinson comes out there looking like a number one. This is the second time he's done that this year.
1: So... I remember when, when he first came to the team, and we, we both threw, the, threw the, um, all the negative emojis we could come up with in the world about, about yeah. not liking the signing. But I did, I did say one thing I said, I hope I'm wrong. He makes you look like a jackass. <laughs> and so far, <laughs> he's coming into the number one role because they out for the year, and he's playing very well. Yeah, you guys had uh,
0: uh, some horrendous luck with your receivers this year and uh you know
1: we yeah because bateman was doing fine so he got hurt i mean he, he missed like three games came back for a game then he was out for the rest of the season right. up to that point he's been doing he's been doing fine like he's not like blown um blown the world on fire but he, he was doing fine as like a low-end one yeah
0: he was a low-end one for sure but demarcus robinson looks like like just judging by what i've seen out of demarcus robinson these, these since bateman has gone down demarcus robinson
1: could Really be be a de facto number one in this situation, which makes it could people- be. And what's got me more excited right now, honestly, is the defense. Yeah, the first half of the season was abysmal. The the front seven couldn't do shit, um, and in turn it made the it made the corners look worse than they were because um, uh, uh uh Humphrey is is still one of the best corners in the league, and but um you, you can't run around after, after a while. You can only run around so much, but. You got these veterans that are really starting to come around, um, JPP, uh, Justin Houston, both coming up huge in this game, actually. JPP, the interception that uh, makes him better than Jamal Adams. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, the club, the club interception. And then, um, while healthy, um, Ojabo still hasn't hit the field yet, so that, that could be another big um for this team. Like, I, I'm ex- I'm actually excited for the first time in about a year where this defense is heading.
0: Yeah, your defense finally starting to look like the defense. And,
1: oh, and Marcus Williams coming off the IR here in a week.
0: Yeah, yep, I agree. It's a it's looking like the defense of old. Your secondary has seen a lot of injuries this year, and and, and thank,
1: that, thankfully this year we the injuries have been on, on like the the depth not to start.
0: Yeah, that's that's the big thing. You just you don't have those guys underneath. All it took was one injury for for the the wheels to come off. So yeah,
1: Humphrey and Humphrey and Peters are are playing admirably considering the depth loss and the uh, the front seven being trashed in the first half
0: for sure. And and Alex, when it comes to the Panthers, I, I know you've been very critical of Baker Mayfield on this field. I think we all have or on this on the show rather. We all have Mayfield comes out, he looks bad in this situation and uh one of your guys, one of our, one of my favorite players in the league so right now, one of your favorite players in the league right now, he suffers for it. Dante Foreman has a rough rough day. Uh 11 carries, 24 yards, 2.2 yards. Uh, and But one guy that did have himself a decent day and, and a guy that I actually kind of like as a de facto number two receiver over there is Terrence Marshall. Um, I like him a lot as well. But Dante Foreman suffers. Obviously, Baker Mayfield isn't the answer over there in Carolina, right?
2: Nope. I mean, stick a fork in him. He's done. I mean, his glory days were in in Cleveland, and that's putting it mildly. You know he's no longer on the progressive commercials. You know we don't we're not seeing him Brown Stadium every week. Man, they should they should have did one last one as an eviction. <laughs> yeah, that's an eviction notice would be. Well, you well, know. and
1: and they could have done it too. Like progressive says, getting evicted, your insurance can help you.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think anything can help Baker Mayfield at this point. And it's it's kind of disappointing to see Dante Foreman carry the ball eleven times and only get twenty four yards. Yeah, I mean come on, that's at least a hundred. So something's wrong there.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, I I really think a lot of it stems from the fact that that teams know Baker Mayfield isn't worth shit. And uh, they weren't allowed going to go after uh, Baker Mayfield because they knew they could handle him in man coverage. So they probably just focused in on Foreman and brought the blitz and, and, you know, shut him down. Uh, Panthers right now, I mean, what, what do you think about their situation? They wind up at number two overall. We'll start with Tyler. You think
1: they get a quarterback? I mean, they got plenty of quarterbacks. You got Baker, you got PJ Walker, and now this week, I know you this went off already, though. This week, they're starting their third quarterback. They have three quarterbacks. They're starting their third one. Look at them. They're stacked at quarterback.
2: Oh. Sam Darnold making the start. It's t- stacked like a stack of dimes. <laughs> what
1: a mess. A what mess. a mess.
2: Dumpster fire.
1: Alex, uh, yes, this is a, this is this is a spot where you could definitely see one of those top two quarterbacks going.
0: Which one do you think is going to go? I mean, do you think it's going to be Stroud? I mean, I think I think Stroud falls to this point right here.
1: Yeah, because there's still a shot that Bryce goes one. Yep. I mean, yeah. most, but
0: most people are predicting Bryce is one right now.
2: You know, if Hinton Hooker doesn't get hurt, you know, he could have probably won him number one. But he's probably going to drop to, like, the third quarterback picked in the draft. But not, like, he's probably going to be, like, a, you know, late teens, early 20s H- pick H- Hooker shouldn't, shouldn't be a first-rounder
1: even if he didn't get hurt. In my, oh. opinion. I,
0: I disagree with that. I thought Hooker was really well. Actually, I, I'm kind of looking at Caleb Williams out of USC. But yep. I digress. Uh, the, the Carolina Panthers having themselves a rough go this year a lot a lot rougher than a lot of people expected uh next up a surprise for the week and I know Alex was getting ready just to soak his jockeys with this one the Lions go ahead and they win 31-18 over a very good New York Giants team uh first we'll start with Tyler did this expose the Giants as phonies
1: yes and I said it last week during my during my rant the Giants are just kind of existing right now and they go and face a high octane offense and they and they paid for it
0: yeah, I, I thought the Lions have been playing much better ball uh, than, than we're used to seeing here. Uh, we The Lions, have, they, going into this specific game, uh, they won two straight. This makes it three straight. Lions are up to four and six in that situation.
1: And they uh, shut down Barkley.
0: Yeah, they did. Uh, Saquon was shut down 15 carries for 22 yards. Kind of an interesting thing.
1: Uh, and a record break. <laughs>
0: Daniel Jones had himself a hell of a game as far as his yardage goes, but also through two ugly picks. Um, yeah, it was it was bad news bears. So the uh, uh, the Lions, they pick this one up. Now, Alex, what do you make of your Lions here? Are they the real deal? Are they frightening? I mean, do, do you think they have a shot at this division in spite of what happened over on uh, Thanksgiving? What what's your takeaway
2: here? As a matter of fact, you know, in, in because of what happened on Thanksgiving, you know, this team has a much better shot than people are giving them credit for. You know, I've been critical of Dan Campbell early on the season, but there's as he as he said when he when they got that when they got the win. I'm not sure if it was over this team or the last one, but they're starting to figure it out. You know, and of course, as you said, you know, once they get the proper defensive personnel, this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. They went, you know, they went toe to toe with quite possibly one of the best teams in the league. Okay. They, and they had the lead. They just gave it up at the end like they always do. But you know, going back to this game, I mean, they actually look like a well-oiled machine. They never gave up the lead. And they just took they just took the Giants to Browntown in their own stadium. That has to be something you know worth noting.
0: Yeah, I think the Lions are in a situa- a weird situation where they we're seeing that offense that we talked about and we're seeing how how good that offense can be. And because they figured out this offensive situation, we're, we're going to see them going in the draft. I keep reiterating this. They have two firsts, first two seconds and a third going into next year's draft and they've got what I think it's the second or third most cap space out of any team in the NFL going into free agency next year, going into the draft this offseason, you're going to see them get a lot of defensive personnel and build that team up. That yeah. team is they're, they're,
1: they're, they're going to spend it all on Lamar. <laughs> oh, God, you think
0: they're going to dump it all for Lamar. No, I, my gosh. I,
2: don't,
1: I don't, I don't think, well, I don't think Lamar is going to be in Baltimore. I Lamar's don't think do it. Baltimore
0: either. it's going to blow their load for Lamar at this point. Um, next up, you got the Raiders beating the Broncos 22-16. Uh, you know, this is an interesting situation. I mean, Derek Carr goes out, has himself a good game. Again, this is another situation of the tail of two quarterbacks. This is one of those weeks where Derek Carr looks like a stud, and Josh Jacobs looks good, and Devontae Adams looks good. And, and then on the other side, you wind up with the Broncos. This is where we've seen Russell Wilson. He just struggles. He's 24 for 31. He had 247, but he didn't throw any touchdowns. So he
1: got no closer to getting more, more touchdowns than he does bathrooms in his house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. uh, Tyler, when it comes to this Broncos football team, uh, Russ Wilson, is this the biggest mistake that any team made this off season?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I can say that. And I, and I, and Watson has not even thrown a pass yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my God. Um, Russ Wilson, I, I think he might be the biggest mistake that anybody made. And I think the Broncos are going to be kind of in a purgatory for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's yeah. the same quarterback that we've seen over the years. Uh, and, and it's really showing. And I don't, I, I also think Nathaniel Hackett is a waste of a head coach at this point, to be honest with you. I just don't think he has it. I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing. Um, I think he's clueless. And it's funny that I say that because originally he was probably one of the head coaches that I wanted uh um, in Minnesota. I'm glad we didn't get him. I'm glad we got Kevin O'Connell. But it, it's wild. Uh, moving over to the Raiders.
1: There, there's one move they got to make. Well, there's two moves they got to make. It's going to suck, but you have to do it. What's that? The only thing to save you from this purgatory is to trade both Javante Williams and Justin Simmons and get your, get your draft picks back.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to.
1: Um, lick your wounds, move on. Your, those are going to be big losses, but you're going to get big value out of them. It's going to suck. Your team's going to be bad for a while, anyway. But these could be bad and the draft picks.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that uh, they're kind of in a situation as as far as this uh, um, Russ Wilson situation, where where this is why you don't sign a quarterback for that huge money deal that was coming off an injury that really clearly fucked with him last year when he came back from it. Uh, I wouldn't have touched this with a ten foot pole, and uh, I agree with you. I think this is an absolute mess. Uh, Alex on the other side, it's your brother Andrew's favorite team the Raiders they they looked decent in this game. Uh, obviously I think they're cooked at this point they're at three and seven. I don't really think there's much of a chance for them to, to squeak their way into the playoffs but uh, I mean do you think they lose Derek Carr this season after after this off or going into this offseason? Do you think they move on from him like a lot of people are predicting?
2: Uh, you know I'm gonna go ahead and lean towards yes. I mean the fact of the matter is you know he's on borrowed time. You know, when he broke down and had that emotional press conference, I mean, you're going to have emotion in this sport. I mean, that's one thing. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you took your team that was, you know, that almost went to the playoffs last year. And now you're sitting nearly the bottom of the barrel at three and seven. The Detroit Lions have more wins than you guys. Yeah. So that, what does that tell you? You know, so I, I think they I think they move on at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Derek Carr did sign a new contract at the the end of last season, um, uh, a very large one. He is 31 years old. Uh, for them to get out of that contract after this year, uh, they they pay out. Basically, they're going to have to take out $5.6 million in dead cap, which is not bad for a quarterback in that situation. So they, they do have an out here uh, to get, to get <laughs> under Derek Carr.
1: Just <clears throat> the wrong call because you should be getting Rudy McDaniels.
0: Right. I think McDaniels is more the problem than Carr, but I do think they're going to try and move on from Carr. Um, yeah, I agree. Because McDaniels is is so fresh here. Um, next up, uh, this one hurt my soul. Just a pounding. The uh, Cowboys beat the Vikings 40-3. to Just beat the brakes off of him, um, off of them. Now, this is one where I'm just going to jump in first. I, I have to here. Look. Vikings fans out there, let's make this abundantly clear. This game was not Kirk Cousins' fault. Okay, I'm going to start there. This was not Kirk Cousins' fault. The fact that people went out there and said this was Kirk Cousins' fault or whatever, oh, look how bad Kirk Cousins played. No, 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 no. This was Kirk Cousins having a 67% per uh, a pressure rate. 67% for reference in the Super Bowl that the Kansas City Chiefs Uh, uh, went out and lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And everybody talked about how great the Buccaneers' pass rush was in that game. Patrick Mahomes was pressured 37.5%. Kirk Cousins in this game was pressured 67%. Almost double. And we're going to sit here and talk about about, this is Kirk Cousins' fault. No, no, this was not Kirk Cousins' fault. And the other point I'm going to make here is that for all these people that are crediting Trayvon Diggs, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to watch the tape. Because I saw Justin Jefferson getting wide open by large margins and had Kirk Cousins not had 67% pressure in his face, uh, we'd be having a different conversation about whether or not Trayvon Diggs is the real deal. So please, let's stop crediting Trayvon Diggs for being some sort of shutdown corner in this situation. Uh, I didn't think Trayvon Diggs was a shutdown corner last year. I don't think he's a shutdown corner this year. I think Trayvon Diggs is a bum, and I think he gets a lot of notoriety for a lot of pretty little interceptions that he makes. But as far as the yardage given up, as far as uh, um, you know his PFF grades, as far as everything else, he's a bum. He can't cover. He just can't. He makes some highlight reel interceptions.
1: As far as that goes, um, I, I agree with you. But I'm, I'm not gonna say he's a bum because he's he's obviously an amazing playmaker. But I compare I compare it to. My two, Peters and Humphrey. If you look at stat line, it may tell you that Peters is the better corner. Peters is a playmaker. Humphrey's a shutdown corner.
0: Right, and that's kind of what it is. I, I, there's a difference between a playmaker and a shutdown corner. And, and when you can't cover, in that situation, that's what Trayvon Diggs can't do. He can't cover. He makes pretty highlight reel interceptions. Last year, he led the league in interceptions because you, it, it, it's like great, you're a receiver. That's that's what you are. You're a receiver at this point to me.
1: Because uh, it's always that fine that's the, that fine ground of you led the league in interceptions. Um, okay, you, you you made a lot of good plays. Were you, how often were you targeted?
0: Right, Trayvon Diggs was targeted a lot last year, and,
1: and uh, guys like Humphrey and Sauce, their their stat line isn't always interceptions. It's they only threw the ball my way twice.
0: Right, right. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, if you if you look at, at what I mean, 59.6 overall last year, according to PFF, 62.7 the year before. This year, he's this is his best year at a 70.8. This is the best year he's had. Uh, I I really don't buy Trayvon Diggs. I don't. I, I I haven't bought Trayvon Diggs. So I'm sick and tired of people talking about him. Uh, I I just think it's it's silly. The Vikings didn't play well in this game. The offensive line woes were there. Christian Darisaw wasn't on the field. Um, Obviously, this Dallas pass rush is scary. Alex, is this Dallas Cowboys team the real deal? Are they one of those type of teams, kind of like the 49ers, where you don't want to run into them in the playoffs? Uh, What do you make of this football team?
2: I will give credit where credit is due. The Dallas Cowboys defense was for real in this game. They sacked Kirk Cousins seven times. Now, granted, that's 67% pass rush, and that falls on the offensive line. You got to stop these guys, but to Dallas's credit, you know their defense is the real deal. They're one of the top defenses in the NFL, so it, you you can't entirely blame uh, Minnesota. I mean, yes, the offensive line is like right there, is at the top of the list, but you're dealing with, with one of the top defenses in the NFL. Uh, and I, I think this is one of those teams where you do, you definitely don't want to run into them in the playoffs. Historically, we've seen them get knocked out in the first round, and we clap vicariously when, when they do. But this year, you know, I think they're going to be like one of those five seeds that's like well, they probably should be a second seed. They if might be if,
1: they still might they still might take that division yet. They, that's
2: true too. I mean, if the especially if the Eagles are starting to slow down, like we've talked about before, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they might sneak up and take the division.
1: And yeah, we're talking about 67% um, pass rush rate or pressure rate. But at the same time, where you we, do got to give this defense credit is one thing we always complain about is you see those levels of pressures, but well, maybe not 67, but let's say 40 to 50, and you see defenses not completing that sack, not completing that play. And and the and the offense still getting 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 a positive play, where Dallas's defense came in strong was they finished their plays for the most part. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. And and that was something that I I talked about when
1: it was good. It, it was it was good. To, yeah, the pressure was there, but it was good tackling. Um, the, the moment they got their hands on Kirk, usually he was going down.
0: <laughs> yep. 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 And and the Vikings, uh, they they. Really, just got got pounded in the ground here on the defensive side of the football. The Ed Donatell defense looked like a mess. Tyler, uh, as far as the Vikings defense goes, I, do you think this Ed Donatell thing is starting to fall apart here? That shell defense.
1: Yes and no, because this week was horrid, um, and you're you're facing a very good offense. I mean, let's be clear: D- Dallas was. what people forget about is Dallas with Dak last season was number one offense. Right. And they're showcasing they're kind of getting back to the one offense. Uh, last week against the Bills, I, I don't, I, but it, they played they play some good teams. So it's, it's easy to lose sight of like how defense is because of the teams they've faced in the last couple of weeks. But it's, it, it's not consistent for sure.
0: Right. I agree. Um, I, I think the, the Vikings defense, they give up everything underneath. And that's the big problem for them. They're, they're, uh, um, they're giving up all this underneath stuff. They're giving up this yardage. But eventually, bend-don't-break doesn't work in certain situations. And this is one of those times where bend-don't-break doesn't work, um, especially when you have a team that can run the ball as effectively as the Dallas Cowboys do. Um, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott are nothing to sneeze at. Um, next up, we got Bengals and Steelers. Bengals, 37-30 to 30 over the Steelers, a much closer game than expected. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals have struggled in some weird situations and some weird games uh Steelers I mean Kenny Pickett starting to come into his own a little bit Najee Harris learned how to run uh Mm -hmm. Alex are you excited that Najee Harris finally learned how to run and he's finally playing up to snuff this year
2: well I'll tell you you, it's good it's good to see I mean you know I think Kyler mentioned something about how oh well the Steelers team might play a little differently after the bye I think they have you know (laughs) I I think it was uh you know I it's refreshing to see Najee Harris finally be you know understanding how to run the ball I mean, he went, you know, 20 carries, 90 yards for two touchdowns. So, you know, that's a pretty, you know, decent stat line for for, for an RB1. You're welcome, uh, Alex. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you can pay me in beer. Right, yeah. <laughs> because if if you hadn't taken my
1: advice and re him up, you'd be on my team right now. Yep. Right. I was, yeah, I was, probably... I was I was giving you that nice little... Hey, Alex. <laughs> nudge,
2: nudge. you, you <laughs> yeah. need
1: to do this right now.
2: I uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, There's a couple people I needed to pick up in the Steelers, including uh, Pat Fryermuth. You know, he had eight catches for 79 yards. Uh, George Pickens, uh, ironically enough, had four catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. So you know, and and that's one where because I me and Scott were talking about this in fantasy wise. Um, I told you it'd be good to just have
1: one one tight end. I, this is okay. I, I gave you the advice on Naji. The tight end thing is one where I was gonna let you make the decision. I wasn't gonna stop you. firemouth probably would have been a better one to keep over, over Giseki, but I was gonna, I was let, I was letting you kind of take ownership of that one since I already give you good advice. I gotta let, at certain certain point, I gotta, I gotta let you run your team too. <laughs> of course.
2: So, so and then,
0: one thing I will point out, and Tyler, I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct you here. Um, Alex, you are welcome, because <laughs> Najee Harris got picked up to my team. And I said, I'm going to put him back on waivers after discussing it with Tyler. And I wound up letting him go and putting him back on the waiver wire so
1: that you can get him. So
2: so you, you, I, have to, I have to thank both of you. I,
1: I could have very easily said, fuck it.
2: <laughs>
1: yes. I had the roster spot.
0: I, I had him already. I had already picked him up and put him on my bench and said, I'll put him back and give him back to Alex. So there you go. You got, you got Najee back in that situation.
1: So and, you, and do, and uh, and uh, you learned a valuable uh, good lesson.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. could have been handing him to me, but uh, Tyler on the other side, the Bengals. I mean, six and four, sort of picking it up, but still having some really tight games. This is not the same team that was just exciting as we saw last year, right? I, I mean, even without.
1: Hundred oh, percent, but here, here's my thing, and here we are. We had here's Bengals schedule to finish out the year. Titans, Chiefs, Browns with Watson, Bucks, Patriots, Bills. They're going to get pounded. This is a team that's probably that's staring not making the playoffs right in the face. Yeah, they almost lost the Steelers. Like let's keep that in perspective here. Yep. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. As bad as the Ravens played, the Ravens have a chance to recuperate and still have just more easy games left.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the Ravens have a cake schedule coming
1: up. I think they. I think they say they have the easiest schedule in football.
0: Yeah, I think the Ravens could could wind easily wind up walking out of here with thirteen wins.
1: Oh, it, oh, I, I, sorry, I, f- I forgot a game. They they, they end with the Ravens. <laughs> <Like> it, <laughs> I, Bengals I, I Bengals cool. schedule is not in good shape. The, the, the teams they face, they should be in better shape right now. They they they've played the Falcons and the Saints and and the Jets and Steelers and. They lost the Browns with Jacoby Brissett, and, and they should be in better straights here.
0: Yeah, I, I like I said, I think the Ravens could walk out with 13 wins, and I think the Ravens easily take that division. But I just think that the Bengals are not the team that we saw last year. They're not nearly as exciting as we saw. Uh, it, it's just a um, a weird situation. I mean, both Super Bowl teams have uh, uh, exponentially fallen off a cliff here. I mean, and
1: one worse than the other.
0: Yeah, one worse than the other. But, but what's
1: t- funny is because now I'm in a state to where I'm rooting for the Bengals. So I'm not worried about the because of the schedule. But, man, if, if they were to somehow beat the Bills and the Chiefs yeah. because of the schedule, that puts the Ravens in a number one seed scenario.
0: Yeah, and, and that, that could get interesting uh, for you. So the Bengals do get the W here, 37-30. to 30, But uh, they got a uh, some tough sledding, as Alex puts it, coming up here. Uh, next up, speaking of the Chiefs, Chiefs go out and beat the Chargers, thirty to twenty-seven. It was a switch. Goal. My
1: fucking pick, damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this, but it was looking like I was I was, I was going to be like a genius for about a minute there.
0: Yeah, this uh, Chargers team, they always play the Chiefs hard, and no matter how good of a team they have, Justin Herbert, you know, eventually, one day he's going to figure out how to beat those guys. You know, he's
1: them once, but yeah. got to be more yeah, consistent.
0: Yeah, the but Chargers.
1: I was just, you know, me and David talk about this. The Chargers are this year's Vikings. Last year, Vikings were losing all these one these one score games. The Chargers are in these one score games every week. They could easily be like eight wins right now. Oh, I
0: agree. I, I you know the Chargers have had some some really, really tight matchups here. Um after this game, they were five and five. They they, like you said, could have already had eight wins. I mean, this this is the, the interesting spot here. So the Chargers, uh, they they get a close one here against the Chiefs, and and they almost pull it out. Um, on the other end, when it comes to the Chiefs, I mean, Patty Mahomes doing Patty Mahomes things. We I feel like we say that every week. Travis Kelsey doing Travis Kelsey things. Six receptions, 115, three touchdowns on the day.
2: He cost and, uh, me. He cost me my victory against Justin Peach last week.
0: Yep, and then also Isaiah Pacheco. I I, I mean. Look, Clyde edwards helaire was not the quarterback or the, the quarterback, the running back that we uh, we saw at the beginning of two years ago. And last year, I didn't like Clyde. I didn't think he was anything spectacular.
1: They should have been using him in a Camaro role from the get go.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you. That. I, I just don't think Clyde edwards helaire is a number one running back in this league. I just don't believe in that. Um, and and they keep they it was very square peg round hole. And here they are, Isaiah Pacheco. Tyler, do you think Isaiah Pacheco is the answer at running back here? I I think he could be if they give him the proper amount of carries. I mean, in this situation, he had 15 carries for 107 yards. That's a 7.1 average, buddy.
1: He he could be, but he's still just kind of just up and down right now for my liking. But we'll see, we'll see. Yeah,
0: I don't he I don't think he's averaged over 20 yards or 20 carries per game. Um, really since he's been since he started with Kansas City. Yeah. Which,
1: but he's only, been, what, he's only been deemed the starter for, what, this is, that's his third week? Yeah, I think so.
0: They aren't giving him a full workload, though, is my point. I, I haven't seen a full workload for Which I think. is
1: surprising, considering the lack of receivers available for this team right now.
0: Right. You'd think they'd be running the ball more. Um, on the other side, the Chargers, I mean, Justin Herbert just kind of having a rough go. Uh, you know, I, I, I always like Justin Herbert. I still think he gets a bust in, in Canton. He had Keenan Allen back on the field, and he was hitting Keenan Allen. I think they need another receiver over there with the Chargers. I think they need to go into the draft, and they need to draft when Keenan Allen's getting up there in the years. Mike Williams is constantly hurt. I personally, I think Mike Williams is a bum. I think they need a new receiving their core over there. You can't rely on Josh. Josh Palmer, Allen, and Williams are always hurt. I think DeAndre Carter is really, really good if you utilize him correctly. But I mean,
1: you still, we, you, you still think Carter's better than Palmer?
0: I I do. Even though Palmer Palmer had himself a really good game against a questionable Chiefs defense, um, I I really like Carter. I I honestly think DeAndre Carter is better than Palmer. Palmer
1: Palmer did the job, though. You have a returning Allen who's still not 100%. Williams out. He he did the job.
0: He did the job, and and they they like Palmer better than Carter. Carter saw less field time, I think, than Palmer did in this situation, but still, I I like Carter better, and and obviously – the Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, situation as good as they are when they're healthy. I just don't think either of those guys are, you know, worth keeping around anymore. The chargers need to go into this draft and get themselves really big time weapons. And they're going to be a lot of Ohio state receivers. that are going to be popping up out of this draft.
2: They Marvin need to, Harrison jr.
0: Yep. They need to Well, I don't think Marvin Harrison jr. Is coming out of this one, but I think Smith and Jigba oh. is, uh, mm-hmm. And, and there's some guys that they need to start taking a look at in this draft and picking them up. Um, they need to make a move on, on a, a, a tight end, and they need to make a move on a receiver. So the
2: They could char- always, always go get Allen Robinson.
1: <laughs> oh, God, what a mess. <laughs> Do you know what the best part of this game was? What's that? Of all things, the best part of this game was the fact that Sonny Michel is the fifth best running back on the team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm telling you, eventually, he's going to wind up with the opportunities.
1: No, yeah, he, he had it. He got one yard.
0: You're going to shit your pants when he, when he gets the full workload. You're going to go, that. oh, man. I guess he goes the end of it. But at the end of the day, Chargers wind up losing to the Chiefs 30-27. to And last but not least, a blowout on Monday Night Football. The 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-10. to uh, Watch out. Uh, yeah, Tyler, uh, Jimmy G goes 20 for 29 for 228 four touchdowns. For as much as we shit on that guy, and as much tr- you know shit as we gave him, he really gave it to a very good Arizona defense this year. He's playing He's well.
1: playing, and he's he's playing. He's playing the Alex Smith game, which is which that wins you games that you, you do that with a team you got. You got you got CMC, you got Debo, you got Kittle, who finally came alive. That's that's the game you you run.
0: Yeah, and can I point out that that CMC, he came there and he had the cut. He had a couple of good games, but Elijah Mitchell has actually been playing better than CMC for the last two games. Anybody notice that?
2: Yep, I see him right there. Nine. Yeah, carries I, I don't see yards. that lasting just because Mitchell knows the team better.
1: CMCs are kind of getting used to it, but CMC ultimately is is kicking Mitchell's ass if you if you a the receiving game. And
0: yeah, I mean, I guess.
1: And the so, camera's not playing bad. He had a five point six. Average, and it's nothing to sneeze at.
0: No, it's nothing to sneeze at. But Mitchell has outplayed him the last two games since Mitchell has returned. So, I, I just want to point that out. I mean, I'm sure CMC they're going to try and and you know get him back in the groove. But I personally do think uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell does deserve some consideration in this situation. On the oh other- no,
1: they they definitely should be running a two-headed monster. But in, to say that he's better than McCaffrey is just.
0: Mm-hmm. Dunno. Don't know. don't know. It's kinda interesting. I think they both it's, have some
1: problems. It's not interesting. Keep an eye on it. McCaffrey's I put as number two in the league right now.
2: <sighs>
0: it's interesting. I don't it's know. Not. It is. It'd be, it's become interesting to me. Um and then on the other end, uh the yeah, I mean, let's face facts. Cardinals didn't have Kyler Murray in the game. This might be this game might have a different complexion. Uh, obviously because Greg Dortch got nine receptions for 103 yards in this game. Uh, and I'll go sprinkle rock salt on all the places hell just froze over. Uh,
1: Alex... yeah, I picked him in my parlay.
0: <laughs> and the, but Alex, the, the Arizona Cardinals, they're cooked at this point, right? Four and seven. I don't think they have a shot at making the playoffs, especially with all the double XP weekends coming. Uh, I just... I really don't. What What do you make of the Arizona Cardinals?
2: Well, they're they're probably in one in one of the saddest of the second saddest division in uh, the NFC. Uh, I mean, there's I mean, and they're sitting at four and seven. I, I would they're, disagree hardly on hard on that. You have
1: three teams that are going. Well, no, and never mind. You have two. You have two. Two.
2: two. <laughs>
1: so you know,
2: if if, if, if uh, Seattle's kind of hanging out and you know still in the mix. Uh, but Arizona at 4-7, especially getting pounded by a division rival like San Francisco. And if we take a look, at, you know, like, I don't know if, they, if they've if yet to face it. They got the 49ers at the end of the season. So, yeah. you know, they have to go back through uh, the Bucks, the Falcons. Uh, you know, so so really the only division opponent they have for the rest of the season is the 49ers. You know, uh, they, they lost. to the, They lost. They got swept by the Seahawks. And uh, ironically enough, you know, they tied the Rams, you know, the Rams beat them in week three and then and then they beat the Rams in week, you know, two weeks ago. So uh, it's like, yeah, I don't think Arizona's got really much of a chance of getting getting back in this division, especially since they've got the AFC West and they've got the AFC East to deal with. So, yeah, they're cooked.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're just about done. So, I mean, four four and seven, that's hard to come back from. Um, the highest they can go is ten and seven if they win out, and I don't think right. that's a possibility. That's
1: which, which that would get them to the playoffs, but they're not going to win out.
0: No, they won't. I, I guarantee you they won't. So, um, yeah, that, that that's what we've got. But uh, those are our scores for Week Eleven in the NFL. Uh, now, Tyler, we've got some top ten to go through here. Um, so let's let's talk about it in a little segment we like to call
2: Tyler.
0: Top ten. Tyler's top ten, and uh, we've got our top ten players. We we uh, we're back to combined scores here. We're back the, to
1: combined scores.
0: That that'll boy, I'm proud of you. Getting so next,
1: our ten were very identical except um, who you had you had one guy down low, and I had got one guy down low, but I had him ranked a little higher, so that moved him into the top ten. Gotcha. Number ten, Josh Palmer, who had a very similar similar stat line. To to uh, Josh Jacobs, but Josh Palmer had the two touchdowns to go with it.
0: Ah, yeah, that is true. That is that is uh, uh,
1: true. Eight receptions, one hundred and six yards, and two touchdowns. We just talked about him. Um, he's he's doing the job. He's he's doing. He's going above and beyond what you we're asking him to do. He's he's a he's a, he's a glorified three. Been asking him to be play one for the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Palmer has been uh, strangely good um, for for a guy who comes in as a number three. So yeah, I, I can agree with that.
1: Um, going into the rest of the nine, I, I did not write the stat line down, but, um, it it's got, if you can pull it up on your phone, the, the, the rest of the guys are, the, are, are ones that you had on your, on your tens. You should be able to easily see it, see it up there. Yep. Uh, number nine, Najee Harris. Yep. Who, um, finally came alive. He had a, he had a pair, I believe it was a pair of touchdowns on a nine, a 90 yards.
0: Yep. 20 carries, 90 yards, two touchdowns. He also had four receptions for 26 yards. He had 116 of total, yards of total offense. Tyler, I know how much you love uh, the total offense number. I do. He did have himself uh, 116 yards of total offense in that game. He had himself a hell of a game. Uh, it, had he not gotten in the end zone twice, I don't think he gets on this list. But um, because the, the stat line was, you know, kind of regular, I guess you could say. But, uh, you know, two touchdowns really, I mean, you can't sneeze at that. So he winds up on this list. I I agree with that.
1: Number eight is Amari Cooper.
0: Mm. And
1: he 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 went off for... Eight receptions, 113 yards, and a pair of touchdowns.
0: Yeah, uh, Amari Cooper's been underrated. Uh, very, very underrated. Uh, you know, if you look at, at Amari Cooper in this situation, um, you know, the the Browns have been using him consistently. Obviously, he's got a really good rapport with Jacoby Bursette, Uh, But Amari Cooper is one of those guys where uh, a, a heavy workload has come his way. Even, he's been seeing, I think, double-digit targets almost every game, which has been interesting, to say the least. Um, he pulling up an eight reception game for him. I mean, he, if he sees 13 receptions and he pulls an eight, you know, <laughs> obviously he's going to have himself a hell of a game and he's been having himself hell of a game over with the uh, Browns almost every week.
1: Number seven, Andy Dalton out of nowhere. um, 21 for 25, 260 yards and three touchdowns.
0: Alex, we've been Alex, we've been critical of Andy Dalton, um, and obviously twenty-one for twenty-five, two sixty-three touchdowns. He had himself a decent game. Uh, you know, we we joked last week that he's statuesque is what well yep. the term we used. <laughs> he, uh,
2: you know, he probably still is these days. I mean, but you can't deny the stat line this week. You know, uh, obviously, you know he he had a very good game against. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess the Rams. But again, you know, this is a Rams team that's, you know, kind of fallen, you know, the the, the wheels have fallen off the wagon and, and it's caught on fire. So, right. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, there's kind of an asterisk there, but it, the stats still can't be denied.
1: Well, and I feel like Andy Dalton's always been a uh, product of circumstance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here we are in a week that I'm going to call very pedestrian stat lines with the whole league. And in a normal week, Dalton does not make this list. Right. Yeah,
0: I agree. yeah. <laughs> it, the offensive outputs in this game in this list, you know, as we were going through it. And as just I was weirdly climbing, low. Yeah. A lot of low performances, a lot of weak performances. It was a very defensive week. Uh, Andy Dalton,
1: And that is really low. I, I think part of it was the fact that there's a lot of good stat lines, just no touchdowns to go with it, which kind of just kind of hurt some players.
0: Yeah. And also let's let's also point out. Andy Dalton has, has always been like one of those quarterbacks where it's a tale of two quarterbacks. One week he shows up and he has himself a big game. Next week he's just sitting around, you know, playing with himself on the sidelines. So we, we don't know uh, which Andy Dalton is going to show up week over week. That's why the Saints need to find themselves a quarterback, a name quarterback, somebody that that can uh, um, build their team. Uh, they might be in the, the sweepstakes for Lamar at this point. But, I mean, we're going to find out. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day... You know the the Andy Dalton situation over there. I mean, at least he he did enough this time to maintain his starting status. I guess you could say,
1: for now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, Jacoby Brissett. Um, you know what? So he went on. He had he went off for um twenty eight for forty one, three twenty four, and three touchdowns. I'm Brissett's playing admirably considering everything. He's he he himself is playing his ass off.
0: He's playing hard. The the problem I have here is that I expected him to be able to guide the Cleveland Browns to more wins than he actually gave them. I mean, okay. we're we're talking about a team that's right now, I believe, three and seven or, or you know, I mean, they're not, they're not good, you know, by any stretch. Uh, I, I just, I expected them to be somewhere hovering around the 500 mark and they're just not. And yes. that's kind of what we're seeing.
2: Do you think the problem is that we expected too much out of Jacoby percent? Or are our expectations uh, of him legitimate? I think
0: they were legitimate, given the the talent level that they have over there, because he did go hover around five hundred when he was with the Colts, uh, and and he was playing for them as a backup, and and they hovered around that five hundred mark, uh, and they have more talent on this Browns team, including the guy who was leading the league in rushing for a while there. He was the number one running back in the league, and Nick Chubb. I just and they they have a, a great weapon in Amari Cooper. They have a great number two in Donovan Peoples Jones, who has been quietly one of the better number two receivers in this league. Uh, you know, the, there's a ton of talent on this Browns team, and I just think this goes to show that Jacoby Brissett just plain isn't a good quarterback at this point. And and I I really believe that I believe that he's just not a good QB. And and we maybe our expectations were too high. I expected better in this situation. I expected him to be hovering around that that uh, five hundred mark, and they're just not. So it's a little bit of a disappointment.
1: So fun fact: I, I just opened up my, my playoff predictor. I just did a quick scroll while you were talking, mm-hmm. and through through eleven weeks, I had them as three and seven. Oh, wow. did you? <laughs> <laughs> there you I, go. <laughs> I, not perfect. I had ga- I, I had different games, but still. Mm-hmm. So I, I could I can say that I I did predict them to have a struggling season.
0: Yeah, I yeah. mean, we predicted them to struggle. But I didn't expect them to to wind up in a situation where, you know, they, they were. I didn't expect them to be this bad, you know. And, and oh wow,
1: I, I got him losing out, including with Watson. Wow, oh. I was rough. I was rough back in September.
0: Oh golly! <laughs> but uh,
2: Jacoby Brissett.
0: Maybe our expectations were too high. Maybe my expectations were too high. I think we just we learned, and I learned that Jacoby Brissett just isn't a good quarterback at this point. And but he was this week. This, But this week he was, you know, this week he looked like the guy that we wanted him to look like or that I was hoping that he would look like, you know, all year long. Um, and here we are. So the, the well, problem- what,
2: one was- game, one game, a star does not make.
0: Yeah, I think he's a spot start kind of guy, right?
1: He's a good backup. Yeah, I think he's a spot start. Uh, that's about I, it. I'd even go as far as saying he's a very low end one. I mean, it could be. I, I just think he's he's kind of one of
0: those guys where you know he's a spot start where yeah,
1: and, and I, when I say that, when I say very low in one, I, I I I think we can call him the top thirty five quarterback.
0: Maybe that's a, that's a possibility. I just think he's a guy that, that you can you start for maybe three games max. You know, if somebody is is hurt,
1: he's better yeah. than Russ.
0: Yeah, but yeah. you don't you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. God but damn. you don't, don't want to continue to start him. You know,
1: heavy, heavy. right, right. So. um, number five, Joe Burrow, um, he went 24, 39, 355 yards, four touchdowns, but did throw two picks.
0: If he didn't have the two picks, Joe Burrow would be leading this, this list. He'd yes. be number one. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The stat line was gaudy.
1: I gashed him just a little bit more than you did.
0: Yeah. I, I gashed him for that. Um, I, I just, I looked at, at, uh, the Joe Burrow situation, two picks in this, in, in this game. They're relying more on Joe Burrow's arm, which is surprising given the fact that Jamar Chase isn't on the field, but also not surprising because Joe Mixon is dealing with a concussion issue, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, Joe Burrow, like I said, if if he didn't throw the two, he'd be one on this list this week. That's how good of a game he had. Mm -hmm.
1: Number four, Travis Kelsey. 115 yards and three touchdowns.
0: Alex, you are just, you know over there savaging your pud at this point over, over the the beating that you got, just, you're crying and just, Oh God. It's well, a
2: beautiful I, w- I was not, a, I was not a happy camper last week in fantasy, but, <laughs> uh, but the step, but, but it I mean you know, Justin was telling me, Hey, you know, he put up, you know, he put up 26 points before. I'm like, okay, let's see. Well, he goes out and, you know, he becomes a world beater, but he truly is. I mean, <laughs> the joke in the NFL is that, you know, when it comes to the tight end core, there's Travis Kelsey and there's everybody else, and uh, and la- and Sunday night's game proved it, and that's definitely
1: the case. We talked a lot of the off season, and that, yeah, I'm not going to hide from it. I, I I had projected that Mark Andrews was going was to end up being the better tight end this season, and that's not happened. Um, Andrews not been bad. I still think he's two, but Kelsey's still just in a world of his own right now. It's 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 hard to compare.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the next great uh, tight end to, to emerge. I, I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm waiting for the next great tight end. Um, I, I think Travis Kelsey is great, but I also think he's somewhat of a pro, of a. Uh, um,
2: he's up there a, a in age.
0: Product of Patrick Mahomes. And yes at, yeah, and no,
2: because he was he was good. With
0: Alex
1: Smith too. Uh,
0: well, and and it's also a product of Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid yeah. is, is something special as well. I mean,
1: but we Tra- could also have an argument in, in, in the time though, and Gronk being a product of Brady and that. Uh, yeah, and, I'm I'm like, on board with with Kelsey as 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 tight end goat right now. That's where I'm at, uh,
0: and that might very well be the case. I, I'm still a Gonzalez guy, but I I do love uh, do love some Travis Kelsey. I think he's something incredibly special, and obviously he's been putting up numbers. And like you said, Alex, it's been like Kelsey Andrews and everybody else. Andrews, you know, to to be fair about the Mark Andrews situation, he hasn't been around because he's been hurt.
1: Um, In this two weeks, I think it was,
0: but but he he played well. I mean, Andrews nope.
1: has played well this year. And Andrews is Andrews is two. No, nobody can touch him at two. But yeah. Andrew right now, Andrews can't touch Kelsey. Yeah. What you, what Kelsey, you, last season was a different story. I think I think Andrews last season was the better tight end. And I I I, I jumped I jumped the wagon a little bit and saying he's the best tight end in football. But I don't think I'm far from there. Just Kelsey's t- hard to touch right now. Yeah.
2: Just sidebar. Did you did you see the tight end performance by the Dallas Cowboys on uh, Thanksgiving?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: They, uh, the, uh, Dak up. was passing the ball around. Pretty well,
0: yeah. Hitting those tight ends, they took over the game. um But Travis Kelsey, uh, I I just think is is think
2: of his
1: own.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: uh Speaking of his quarterback, though, number three is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a nice twenty for thirty four, three twenty nine, three touchdown.
0: Yeah, you had him higher than me because you gouged a uh, uh, Burrow for the interceptions. But twenty for I,
1: I had Mahomes at one.
0: Yeah, the three three touch. You had Mahomes at one. Wow, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20, 34, 24, three twenty three touchdowns, hell of a stat line for Patrick Mahomes. He had a great game, uh, played very well, not as accurate as I would have liked, but still yeah. a very good Patrick Mahomes game. He got it done. And, uh, using Travis Kelsey, obviously to his advantage, all three of his touchdowns go to Travis Kelsey in this game. Uh, that's Patty Mahomes doing Patty Mahomes things. And right now he does lead the MVP race, by the way. Just
2: yeah, it. He's, he's running away. It's it's number one with a bullet. It's not even close.
0: He's he's running away with it in the NFL, and he's running away with it on this show because it seems like every week we're talking about Patrick Mahomes on this list, and uh, he is just taking off with this thing. He
2: it, is the he is the he is he's not the future. He's the present quarterback of the modern era.
0: Yeah, he's he's leading right now, um, uh, as far as the MVP race goes. So, uh, I mean, it's it's getting a little hairy at this point as far as, <laughs> you know, as far as anybody else catching him right now, it's it's going to be rough for somebody to catch him.
1: Number two, Devontae Adams, 141 yards and two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, he had uh, seven receptions on the day. Uh, you know, Derek Carr loves to throw to Devontae, Um and and. Devontae, to his credit, has had a very good year for a very bad Raiders team. I think he's sort of kicking himself because he does want to win. I am in total agreement with Tyler that this is a McDaniel situation, not a Derek Carr situation. But they're going to blame Derek Carr because McDaniel is a new head, new head coach. And they're going to give him that leeway. He's a new head coach for the Raiders anyway, not to the league. I think McDaniels is a fucking joke. I think he yeah. doesn't know what the hell he's doing. and His I'm,
1: record is just as bad as, as Campbell's.
0: Yeah, I I believe that that McDaniel is, a, is a, a, a horrible hire, and we thought he was a horrible hire when he got brought on. We remembered his shit show over performance when he was over in Denver. He goes back to New England, then he does that little fuck-around thing with the Colts, and then he goes back to New England, and then he comes over to the Raiders. I, I think McDaniel is a joke. I don't like him. I think he's an asshole. I think he's a shit coach. And you, think
2: I, he, you think he's worse than John Gruden? Yes.
0: I don't, think, I don't think he's worse than Gruden as a human being, but I do right. think as because head as coach, a
1: coach Sorry, head as, coach,
0: as a head coach, I think he's fucking terrible. And and him and Nathaniel Hackett were the two worst coaching hires this off season. And and I I just I don't think there's a question there. I, I even I'm even questioning the fact that those guys are head coaches. Like I I have less of a problem with Jeff Saturday becoming a head coach. Given the
1: circumstances, I'll double down That's, on you. I'll double down. Oh yeah, I would rather Hugh Jackson right now.
0: Oh my God, oh
1: God,
2: oh. Oh. Hugh am Jackson. I,
1: I, hold on, think about it. Am I
0: wrong? Hugh, no, I don't know. I I don't like <laughs> Hugh Jackson ever. I think he's
1: the worst head coach of all time. Yeah, yeah. Hugh Jackson's a mess. I think Hugh Jackson's got more wins. Oh God, no. <laughs> I don't want. I, I I'll look it up later, but. Uh, I think we I, were right uh, to have this conversation. It says a lot about Hackett and Gruden. Or not Gruden. Well, Gruden too, I guess. But uh, H- Hackett and McDaniel.
0: Yeah, I, I think Hackett and McDaniel are terrible. But I mean, we'll we'll see how that goes. But. Yeah, I, I do think Devonte is having himself a great year in spite he, of that.
1: Remember last week we were talking about Falcons head coach. You guys were talking about him being like thirty, thirty-two, thirty-one. Like, like, yeah, like no, there's a couple worse than him, and I would I will still take him over either Hackett or McDaniels. So <laughs> <laughs> wasn't think he's that he's great, but he ain't the
0: worst. I, I would agree. I, I I would put him about like twenty-nine or thirty, thirty-one, but but I, I don't know. I, I see Hackett and what he didn't what he's done in Denver so far, that's been a mess. And I'm watching McDaniel, and I'm seeing what he's doing over there with, with the Raiders. I think that's a fucking mess. I think both of them are terrible. Um, and, and, yeah, I would, I would totally take, uh, um, you know, Arthur Smith over them. But, I mean, d- in spite of that, Devontae having himself a great year. Great year, um, just not getting the wins. And that's the unfortunate thing, because he is a great player. So, Devontae Adams winding up on this list? Absolutely.
1: And number one is Tony Pollard. Who yeah. just went off mm-hmm. last week? Oh, yeah. A- a- I mean, 80 yards on the ground, 100- 109 through the air, and had two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, he's been going off for the last couple of weeks. Pollard, I think, should be the starter in Dallas. I know that him and Zeke have been kind of splitting carries. I know they're not going to get rid of Zeke because Zeke, uh, uh, you You're know, paying them too much. You-, you choked up a ton of money for Zeke. It's not to say that Zeke is bad. Okay. Pollard's
1: on a contract year.
0: Yeah, Pollard's in a contract year. It's he, hard to
1: it's hard to warrant paying forty million dollars in running backs when you're already when you already have a forty million dollar quarterback.
0: Bingo. And and on the other end, you know, I I got to point out, you know, I'm nervous for Tony Pollard this year, as good as he is, as great of a running back as he is, as great as I think he's going to be wherever he goes. I think he becomes a star somewhere. But if I look at Tony Pollard and and I see him getting ready to go into the free agency pool, his contract's getting ready to expire. He's going to be worth the same amount of money as Zeke, if not more. What I see, and, and maybe it's just me, I see a player that that could wind up in that Alfred Morris th- situation. I get scared about that. I get scared about the fact that a guy that talented could wind up as the next Alfred Morris because the teams just don't value him the way that they should be. Tony Pollard is a great runner. The Cowboys have an embarrassment of riches at, riches at the running back position. I, I just, I really am scared for Tony Pollard going into the free agency pool. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I, I really am. Alex, what do you make of this?
2: Well, uh, the, the man clearly, you know, is, you know, talented. And the fact that he's popped the top 10 this week, you know, the fact that he had two gigantic you know, receiving touchdowns. I don't know if it was this week or if it was last week or if it was during uh, Thanksgiving. I don't think so but what there was one game where he caught like two bombs from Dak Prescott. So no, the man th- like. Yeah, the man is clearly talented and the, and the man is clearly, you know, a force to be reckoned with. I mean, you know, he he he's kind of like he's like RB1B, you know, behind yeah. Zeke. So, you know, if, if, the, if Dallas doesn't take care of him, you know, some team would be, you know, any other team in this league would be stupid, absolutely stupid to pass
1: him up. Pollard's in a rough spot, though, because Scott said he felt that he should get more than Zeke. Right. Yep. If you do that, that means that you deem Pollard to be more valuable than the, than the following running backs. Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, which is not true.
0: I don't see. Here's the problem. I don't know that that if, if given a full workload, that he's not going to be more valuable than Zeke or Jones. And and
1: but my guys, question. The question is, do you pay him more than the guys you just listed on a hunch? I you know, and that's the question of the day. I and I agree
0: with you there. I understand. You
1: what you, you know you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you're you're taking a guy who's been a backup who's done very well, and when he had to start, has done amazing. Do you go and pay him, it'll make him the third highest paid running back in the league if he passes Zeke. Do you go and pay him all that money for a guess?
0: I think he should be paid higher than Aaron Jones. And I do think he should be paid paid higher than Saquon Barkley. And, and don't get me wrong, Aaron Jones having a great year. He obviously is. I think he's in the top five as far as rushing yards go. But I do think he's more valuable than Aaron Jones. I still do. I believe in that. Um, and I think Aaron Jones is a product of Aaron Rodgers not performing well. I think that Saquon Barkley, you know, he's having a resurgence, but I also think Saquon Barkley also has an extensive injury history that, that we've documented on this show over the course of the last four years. We've, we've seen ACL tears and meniscus tears and whatever else under the sun. I don't think Pollard has that same injury prone tendency as Saquon. And I don't think that he's as inconsistently good as Aaron Jones. I think Tony Pollard, when he comes into a game and he plays, he plays very much like Dante Foreman. Foreman's another guy that eventually will get a large contract and, and he'll get paid big money as a star running back. They could choke, any team could choke up the money for him. And I do believe it depends on, on how valuable they are, or they think he is. I would choke up the money on the hunch because I've seen what the man can do. The sample size is a large sample size. We're not talking a small sample size. Oh, yeah.
1: My official guess is is he um he signs for about ten a year.
0: Yeah, I think between ten and twelve is where I think he's gonna go. Um, which but, would
1: put him less than the guys I that would put him outside of like the top eight.
0: Yeah, I, I think between ten and twelve is about where he should where he's gonna wind up going. I think he's personally I think he's capable of getting more, but that just really depends on what
1: what, what the- he should do is sign a two year contract. Go yeah. in and just ball out and then go ask for the 18. Yeah, I agree. That, because that he probably- ain't getting 18 now, but if he goes and balls out for two years, he will. I agree. Absolutely. That He, would shouldn't, be- he should not – if he's looking for money, which I hate when players go for the money, but if he's looking for money, you sign a one- or two-year deal and you figure it out from there.
0: Now, and, and to him, I'd be looking for money. I mean, he, the guy played his dick off on $900,000 mm-hmm. a year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's really what he's been staring at so I, I i I like Tony Pollard. I think he'll get paid well. um I think between ten and twelve is about what he's worth. but you know and and I agree with you a two year deal would do him some good. so that's what we got there. um moving forward, we've got the uh, this other segment we like to call Towns forgotten Fun. Towns forgetful
1: five and we're gonna um we're gonna. Yeah. Tell- and the Tyler influence had its had its way here too. Oh boy! Um, so we when we do this, we might need to start like adding in some like uh just off the list so we can get like a good little combined good list because what it caused this week was a, a lot of co- combined stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tyler was a little bit little savage this week. Oh really? <laughs> I
2: can't so wait to see it.
1: Number five, we're gonna we're gonna call the uh, quarterback carousel. I, I got a, t- mm-hmm. a three way tie of Baker Mayfield, Davis Mills, Kirk Cousins. All,
0: and, all at number five.
1: Yeah, because because we our list kind of wavered quite a bit here. But I know we talked about the Kirk Cousins thing, but his stat line is still going to get him here.
0: Yeah, I mean his stat line wasn't good, but I, I like I said, I don't think he's to blame for it.
1: Yeah, around around five hundred completion percentage, um, just over hundred yards. Yeah. It, but then Davis Mills and Mayfield, the pair of interceptions each, both under two hundred yards. Yep. I think I think Mills got a rushing touchdown, but. It, all three on the are, are games that are are gonna get you on this list. Yeah, yeah,
2: I agree. Yeah. I mean if if we're if we're talking straight stat line, we think I think Davis Mills had the worst performance simply because he didn't he didn't throw for twenty catches. He only got nineteen. he only had hundred and sixty nine yards and he still has the two picks. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, you But know, Kirk he,
1: only had a hundred yards.
2: Right.
0: And
1: I, and,
0: I I look at uh uh the Kirk Cousins situation, like I said, I I if you here's, – here's the reason I, I kind of kept Kirk Cousins off this list. If you wound up having Davis Mills or Baker Mayfield in a situation where they were getting 67% pressures, I don't think you see him break 100 Oh, guys. no,
1: I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I fully agree with you. you know, but we've, all, we've always run this list on what the stats specifically show. Right, right, right. Um, but we can kind of that, – that's a good olive branch into number four, which is going to be the Vikings O-line.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, historically bad 67%. I've been talking about it this whole show. Uh, just terrible, but you know, realistically, like I said, I mean, and, and also just to be fair to, to what you said, Tyler and, and Davis Mills and Baker Mayfield, they are historically bad on their own without having a 67% pressure rate, (laughs) let alone, you know, having the 67% in their face. Um, you know, I, I just think that is an absolute, um, mess. The Vikings offensive line had, had a lot of problems. Christian Derasaw was out. They had Blake Brendel in who obviously is no match for Micah Parsons. Uh, that's mm. a completely well, different.
2: Nope, well, his defense. not too many people are a match for Micah Parsons.
0: Right. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I, I just, um, yeah, uh, Micah Parsons tore them apart. I mean, and really Demarcus Lawrence tore them apart.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that guy, that guy's a freak off the edge.
0: Yeah, so I I the Vikings had a lot of pressure. It, Kirk had a lot of pressure in his face. He had a bad stat line this week. Uh the Vikings offensive line obviously was in a goddamn mess. So the Vikings. Wind up as number four, uh, Tyler. I know number three is going to be Damian Pierce, though, and and Damian Pierce, man, I'm surprised he's only number three on this list. To be perfectly mm. honest with you, um, ten carries for yeah. yards, yeah, point yeah. eight
2: average. And That's bad. That's booty.
0: Point eight average. I just uh, what a what a <laughs> mess. I'm surprised he's only three. You know, and so, I think that, I think that says something that that it, that is number three because you're
1: probably because you're probably looking at your list like wait a second i'm looking at mine like i i i know what one of them is but who the hell what did you do to to, to get somebody higher <laughs> yeah right? I'm,
0: wondering. I'm wondering what what happened
1: so remember i said I, I went savage this week yep so we're gonna talk about number two and we need to talk about specifically what i say follow the words number two is on the field zach wilson
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, nine, nine, nine passes, nine out of twenty-two for seventy-seven yards. That's booty.
1: Utter I mean, junk. Utter, utter junk. It's garbage. Jack Wilson was trash. The defense was phenomenal. So you would think a, a a nice young quarterback in Jack Wilson? He's got a phenomenal defense helping him out. Like the, the the kids can go and take credit for for his loss and just like you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna look to this next time. Like I, I got to be better. But number one is off the field, Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go.
2: That makes sense. When, when, when you alienate your team, that's yeah. bad.
1: Yeah,
0: he alienated this whole team. Off the field, Zach Wilson has been bad really since the offseason. Let, mm-hmm. Let's just make that clear. He has really, and really it's been for the last two years, whether it be his Stupid ass mom being a distraction, uh, you know, and, and whether it be his stupid decisions, banging his mom's friend and having his marriage fall apart.
1: Well, maybe maybe that's his way of shutting his mom up. It's like you you're gonna stop talking?
0: I'm gonna make yeah, you stop. maybe. Maybe. Gosh. I don't I don't understand it. It
1: it just
2: What is the, what is he what what is he finch? Yeah.
1: <laughs> he thinks he is. Um I, I'm not sure we've ever had the same had one player be number one and number two in this list, but I felt like this week is the right week to do it.
0: Yeah, it, it basically is. <laughs> I mean, Zach Wilson has has just been uh, booty this year, and he's been booty off the field, uh, complete and absolute mess. So Zach Williams, Wilson tops the forgetful five. Uh, Tyler moving into the rookie rankings. We've got uh, our top ten rookies. The outside looking in. Let's start with the outside looking in because I know uh, we're. We're kind of – we're sort of in lockstep here, I think, in a lot of situations.
1: Yeah, and we had one guy that kind of emerged for both of us, and um, he was in my 10, but in your outside, so he's he's our number one. But other guys – we were talking about guys like Braxton Jones. He's still kind of flirting there a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. I still have Tyler Linderbaum kind of flirting around there. He's he's having a good season. Uh, Kirby Joseph, um, Wandale Robinson, we both had, but very low on the outside looking in. Mm But then the one guy that I had – at my uh, in, in my top 10, not, not incredibly high, but you had a, approaching was uh, Aiden Hutchinson starting to really come to his own here.
0: Yeah, he uh, he showed up in the outside looking in. I was kind of paying attention to, to what he did, uh, especially this past week. Uh, looked damn good. And and he's starting to look like the guy that everybody kind of expected him to be, because so far, as far as that uh, the Detroit Lions team goes, he's been outplayed by Malcolm Rodriguez. Um, Rodriguez has been the best. And,
1: player the yeah, game. Rodriguez and uh, Kirby.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Uh, uh,
1: I, the back half of the season, I'm, I've been watching Aiden for a couple of weeks now. It so, seems like he's been slowly inching from like the 30s, 20s, and here we are. He's he's like the outside looking in. Like this is a guy that he 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 could find himself in the the, the back half is top ten.
0: Yeah, and and that wouldn't be a bad thing for him. Uh, for all the double teams that he takes on, and I think that's a lot of the reason why Malcolm Rodriguez was so successful so far this year is because Aiden Hutchinson winds up being double teamed a lot. Uh, and, and Rodriguez winds up being able to to kind of, you know, plow off the edge and, and to, to Rodriguez's credit, he's faster than hell.
1: And, and I uh, pay attention to the things like being been double team. Like if you're if you're soaking up two guys, that's a point for you.
0: Yeah. And yeah. that's that's a, a big thing for Hutch. And, and he still is, has a good uh, PFF grade. So, I mean, he's showing up in the outside looking in. Also, Wandale Robinson for the Giants. Just to be clear, I, I think Wandale Robinson is is kind of emerging as the number one guy over there for the Giants right now. Um, him and Darius Slayton complement each other beautifully, uh, kind of the way for a while there that Sterling Shepard and uh, Darius Slayton were. Now it's become Wandale Robinson and um, uh, Darius Slayton, which is weird because um, we all kind of laughed at Wandale Robinson getting drafted, to be honest. We, when we saw him get drafted, we were all like, eh, I don't know about this guy. And he's shown up, so yeah. To his credit, he's he's doing well. Uh, Alex, what do you make of the Aiden Hutchinson situation?
2: I think it's good. To, it's it's a good thing to see. You know, uh, it, it, I think it, it it stands to reason that you know he'll take it. He'll take some time to get to get figured out in the defensive scheme, and you know, you know, if he keeps up his progression. You know, you know, next year he's probably going to be a, a tremendous threat, especially if teams are, are double-teaming him all the time, you know, and, and, and leaving other opportunities open, you know, that people realize just what, you know, a dynamic player he is.
0: I think he's going to benefit a lot when Romeo Aquara comes back onto the field uh, because he's been dealing with a lot of injuries this year. And also I think he's going to benefit if the Detroit Lions go out and draft defensive tackles or pick up defensive tackles in free agency they do not have defensive tackles right now for shit. And um, if you get that interior uh, love for him, I think he's going to be an interesting guy that that's the most interesting guy that showed up on the list outside of Wandale Robinson, um, you know, is, is Hutch. Uh, but Tyler moving to the top 10 here, let me, let me uh, get some of these, uh, these rankings.
1: Uh, Six through 10 hasn't changed again. Like they're they're like they're, where they were this week's where they were last week. So Drake London at 10.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, 77.3 PFF grade, 79.8 receiving grade. He's got his first touchdown in a while on Thursday Night Football. Uh, he, he hadn't performed well in several weeks. Eh, okay. <laughs> it's to mm-hmm. be expected.
1: Uh, n- number nine, this guy you're high on, I'm not as high on him, but Martin, Martin Emerson stays at nine.
0: Uh, he had a rough grade against a, a very tough Buffalo defense this week. Um, he, I mean, 73.3 PFF grade, 72.4 pass rush, 75.7 coverage grade. I mean, his grade did go down. I, I I'm not going to deny that. Um, I don't know why you're not high on him because he is out playing Denzel Ward right now. Um, and he is playing very good ball, uh, as a rookie to have a 73.3 and a 75.7 coverage grade. I, I mean, he's. Oh yeah,
1: sure. I, I, I have like 11, 12. Like we're not, we're not far off.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's just—I—I I think he's been a lot better than he's been being given credit for, uh, the, and and I—I I think he's kind of getting overlooked here because the next guy, if I'm not mistaken, should be Tariq Woolen.
1: Yep, Tariq Woolen's at eight. Um, he's uh, one of only like three guys on on our list that that's PFF grade went up. Everyone else kind of went down for the most part, outside of a couple guys. Yeah, well, Woolen is very brief. We're talking like point one of a, of a tick up, but.
0: Yeah, uh, Wolin's sitting at a 70.1, 70.0 coverage grade, 63.7 run defense grade. He was just, he's coming off the bye week this week. Um, and and realistically, Emerson's been better than Wolin so far this year, which is why I've got Wolin underneath Emerson. Um, uh, And and I don't know why, like I said, I don't know why you're not as big on Emerson as you are Wolin when Emerson is the better player. Uh, by the numbers, he's the better player. Um, but, uh, eventually I want to see, um, I want to see, uh, Tyler, you know, scoot Martin Emerson onto that top 10 spot.
1: Number seven, Garrett Wilson.
0: No surprise. Um, frankly, I think Garrett Wilson right now, he is the, the new Tyler Lockett. That's what I think he is. I think he's good for about four or five games a year where he's going to blow up for big numbers. And then the, uh, uh, the rest of the time. You know, he's he's just kind of pedestrian. I mean, 75.2 PFF grade. He's got a 70, 78.9 receiving grade. He had a terrible game this last week versus the Patriots. He had uh, uh, subpar grades on the PFF line. He only had two receptions for 12 yards. He just wasn't good. He just wasn't good this last week. And and mm. the fact that he's as high on this list still, I mean, I, eventually we got I got to start penalizing the guy, you know, because he isn't as consistent as you want him to be. So, I mean, I'm well, not surprised, but, I, I mean, I like Garrett Wilson. I just expect more out of him. And I understand a lot of that has to do with Zach Wilson. You know, mm-hmm. I, he does have subpar quarterback play. Frankly, if, if Joe Flacco came into the game uh, this upcoming week, we'd be having a different conversation starting next week because Joe Flacco does love Garrett Wilson and loves throwing the ball to that guy. Um, I do think, he, like I said, he's a good receiver. I just need more consistency. Mm-hmm.
1: And number six, Kenneth Walker. Oh, uh, we both kind of let him kind of stay because of having the week off.
0: Yeah, he had the bye, um, but I actually had, you know, on my list, he actually went up a little bit because of the fact that he did have a 71.1 PFF grade, 77.2 rushing grade. He was on the bye week. And Damian Pierce had such a bad week. And Jack Jones actually had such a bad week uh, uh, for, from a grading perspective, from a tackling perspective. Um, Jack Jones wasn't good. Damian Pierce wasn't good. And so Kenneth Walker, I mean, kind of by proxy in a weird way, went up, uh, to number four, uh, on on my list. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I like Kenneth Walker. I think he's something special. I I think he's going to be a long-term solution at the running back position for the uh, Seahawks. He's only going to get better. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm happy he's in the top 10. I do think he should be higher, but that's all right.
1: Um, at this point, this is where things started to go haywire. Number yeah. five is Jack Jones dropping a little bit for number four. We just talked about him a little bit. He had, he had himself a rough week. Yeah.
0: He didn't have a good game, uh, a 57 overall grade versus the jets, 55.7 coverage grade. He gave up two receptions on two targets for 40 yards. So he gave up two big bombs. Uh, he, he just, he didn't play well. He didn't tackle well. He wasn't good in run coverage. Jack Jones just wasn't good. I, I mean, as good as he's been all year and, and, the Jets are, are are a decent team. Well, I'm not going to sit here and say the Jets are like a bad team or something. But but really, I mean, Jack Jones didn't have a good week. He just didn't. Uh, I mean, that's just what it is. So, uh, yeah, Jones, man, winds up uh, kind of dropping a little bit here.
1: And I'll touch on that here in a second, too, because number four is Damian Pierce. We also talked about. Wow. Um, yeah. He had a bad week. We're, we're talking about a few guys that would have dropped had it not been for buys and other bad performances. Yeah. Walker around a bye. Garrett Wilson didn't play well.
0: Pierce played terribly. This is his worst game of the year. Um, Yes. He posted a a 0.8 yards per carry average on 10 carries versus a Washington defense. Um, Pierce, uh, you know, he's played well all year long. This is the first time he just hasn't been up to snuff. Uh, 83 PFF grade so far. He still has an 86.1 rushing grade. Uh, I just, for this performance being so bad, I haven't seen Kenneth Walker have that type of performance, but I've I've seen it out of Damian Pierce now.
1: Well, didn't Walker just last week go like 10 10 carries on like 17 yards?
0: But he'd also had a lot of yardage through the air, and that was the thing that kind of saved Kenneth Walker from from plummeting down the list is he like almost 70 yards through the air. So, I mean, I I just – like I said, Kenneth Walker uh, uh, being – I do think Kenneth Walker is – frankly, I think Damian Pierce is the better back, but – this bad game for this really bad game for Damian Pierce. I mean, that, that damages him quite a bit.
1: So the top three was a three way tie. And the way we do this, if it's a tie, the player who had the higher rank keeps it Um but a first place vote from me or Scott serves as like, like a 1.1 vote. Yeah. So, so you, you get a little bit of extra boost. So, Number three is Sauce Gardner, who me and Scott had a consensus number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So drops from one and really by no real fault of his own.
0: Um, I mean, he,
1: he had a bad game, but yeah. not not a bad game to have dropped two spots for it for was, the for the for the distance he had.
0: It was the first bad game he's had all year. Alex, I know you're big on, on Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Uh, it was his first bad game. game. He struggled in run defense. He had lower pass coverage grades than usual versus a Patriots team. Uh, he only had a 70 point, 71.1 pass uh, defense grade. Uh, he still has an 85.9 PFF grade, 65.3 run defense grade, 67, 66.7 pass rush and an 88.5 coverage grade. Sauce Gardner is a very good corner. Um, you know, it, it's just, it is what it is. Uh you know, I, I just, I believe that uh, um, Sauce, he's still the best corner in the league as far as I'm concerned. I, st- mm-hmm. I really do believe that. I, I think we're we're talking about one of the best corners in the league. He just hasn't played well. It just, right. he, he hadn't played well this past week. So he comes down the list a little bit. Eh, okay. You know, I I, I don't, I, I, the, and the guy I put at number one, who actually wound up as number two on the list this week, or tied for one, or however you want to put it. Um, I think he just has played better and, and he skyrocketed up this list after what I found out this past week, you know, as far as his rankings overall, um, you know, and, and like I said, Tyler, I I don't know if maybe you're just, just holding on to, uh, you just don't want to soak your jockeys or anything like that over him, or if you just don't want to come off as the biased Ravens fan, but I mean, that's,
1: well, I was going to say, um, number two. Uh, is, is Kyle Hamilton and uh, you'd be shocked to hear which one put him at one and which one didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think I, I didn't want to move him up critically. I um and but you know me. I'm 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 usually pretty critical on I'm my Ravens players I mean, it may, And maybe I don't have them at one because I'm still playing criticality here. And maybe I'm being too harsh and I should be. Um because like you I, I when my when the guys have a bad game I, I want them to pay for it. But Kyle Hamilton really hasn't played a bad game.
0: He hasn't, he hasn't had a bad game. He has been the definition of consistency, and I've said that over – Alex, you know. I've said this over and over and over. Um, Kyle Hamilton, 86.9 PFF grade, 75.1 run defense, 76.9 pass rush, 85.1 coverage grade. All outstanding marks for him. Um, he's found a niche as a slot safety almost for the Ravens. He had a 90.8 overall grade on 95 snaps versus the Panthers. He had three coverage stops versus the Panthers. And his four targets only resulted in two yards. He is currently ranked as the number one safety in all of football. I and,
1: mean, you know, you don't see this three safety system. Like, right now he's kind of playing a main safety because uh, Marcus Williams is out. Again, yeah. Geno Stone's is also playing and playing very well. But uh,
0: our, our team, but, the Ravens and the Vikings, are almost in lockstep because they are mm-hmm. playing this – three-deep safety look, which is very interesting. Uh, both teams are playing that same defense. and, and, and-
1: the, thing with, the thing with Hamilton, though, I feel like, especially once Williams comes back, um, Hamilton's built in a way to where he could almost play that Palumalu-type safety role if he needed to. Yeah. And he has in some instances.
0: He's built like a brick shit house. He really is. He
1: well, could think- be a linebacker if he, if he had to be.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take a victory lap real quick. Okay, because, I and I have to, uh, Vikings Twitter, you're going to hate me for this, and you already hated me when I posted on Vikings Twitter. I took my, my victory lap. I said in this draft that Kyle Hamilton was the best safety to come out of this draft. I said that he was going to be the best safety to come out of this draft. I said that Lewisine was a bum. Lewisine, I, I get it. He's been hurt, folks. I get it. And, and nobody wants me to take a victory lap on a guy that's been hurt and, and slam on a guy that's been hurt. But at the end of the day, he's been hurt. And Alex, you'll answer this question right now. What is the number one thing to being a great player in the NFL? What's the number thing you got to have?
2: Availability.
0: Availability. And Louisine is just not on the fucking field. It's just a fact. He's not on the field. And, and Kyle Hamilton, to his credit, has been the best safety. When he fell into the Vikings' lap, I said we should have took him. We didn't take him. I said that the Vikings should have taken Trent McDuffie over Andrew Booth. We didn't take Trent McDuffie over Andrew Booth. Andrew Booth. Well, guess where, where Andrew Booth is? Alex, I know you know the answer. Where's Andrew Booth?
2: Not on the field.
0: Hurt. You know, I, I mean, it's we knew for a fact that this was the case. And and Tyler, your, your video is frozen, by the way. It's the funniest face I've seen you make. You look so <laughs> unused in that picture. But um, you know, the the uh the fact of the matter is is that. Kyle Hamilton, I was 100% right in that situation. Kyle Hamilton is the better safety. I, I called it. I said it was the, the reality, and everybody called me crazy. And everybody told me on Vikings Twitter that, oh, you need to watch the tape, as though they were a bunch of tape junkies that sit at home in their mom's basement watching tape all goddamn day. The, the reality is that, that Kyle Hamilton is the better safety. I called Kyle Hamilton the better safety because I did watch the tape. I did watch Kyle Hamilton. And I knew he was the better safety because even Lewisine couldn't even beat out Cam Bynum, who right now has a 59.5 PFF grade. So don't sit here and tell me Vikings Twitter that I was wrong, or I don't know what I'm talking about because last I checked Lewis couldn't even beat out six round Josh Metellus for a backup job. Okay. Oh, man. So it, you're going to tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about when Kyle Hamilton is sitting at number one as the best safety in football. The best. Not, at, not the second best. Not, not fucking best rookie. No. The best safety overall. Tell me I'm wrong. Because I'm not going to. Exactly. Because I, you know, I'm, I'm right. I'm 100% right. Kyle Hamilton is the best safety in football. And all you Vikings fans out there and my fellow Vikings fans who we agree, we want the Vikings to win, but don't sit here on fucking Twitter and act like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Because you guys who sat there and told me, you need to watch the tape. You need to watch tape, tape on Lewis, scene, And guess what? Kyle Hamilton is the best safety in football. So maybe... Maybe bust out your VCRs, bust out your YouTube, bust out your DVRs and your DVDs and all that other bullshit, and watch some fucking tape. I'm going to tell you what you told me. Watch some fucking tape because I'm right, you're wrong, period. Kyle Hamilton is the best safety out of this draft and in the entire NFL. I was right 110% of the way. And Andrew Booth has been a joke. The guy can't even see the field. Everybody got all excited about his offseason bullshit. Vikings Twitter is the most obnoxious when it comes to the fucking draft. Because there is a degree of homerism that is just drives me fucking crazy. And now here we are. The fucking homerism. Fuck your homerism. Fuck that. Being critical of the general manager for not having a good draft is A-OK at this point. Because guess what? Quasi Adafo Menso did not have a good draft. And he balked on this guy, who is the number one safety in football. The man. That's what he is. He is the fucking man. And we balked on him. He is the... That could have been our new Harrison Smith. And we balked on him. So, I... I vikings twitter y'all can sit here and tell me i'm crazy over this lewis scene thing oh you don't know what you're talking about he broke his leg he couldn't beat out josh metellus what the fuck are we talking about it doesn't make sense so that's my rant about that i had to i had to uh uh go on that rant and and i got a re add Tyler here to the, yeah, the it was
2: so it was so epic that he shook him up. He, he's having a little trouble joining back in the call, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, to, to, to put to point your yeah you know you were telling me like when he when Scene got drafted, what was the first thing you said like you could have just got him in the second round. You could have gotten
0: Seen in the second round. I just don't understand. At the end of the day, Kyle's Hamilton is the best safety in football and every Vikings fan out there on Vikings Twitter that told me that I was crazy, that we shouldn't have balked on Kyle Hamilton. Who is not only the best safety out of this draft class, but the best safety in football, folks. And I, I, was,
1: I, was, I, was gonna, I was gonna stop you before my camera went all haywire, but I was gonna say um, even ignoring injury, not being in the field, let's just let's, let's talk about the this is the, the raw facts here. Um you took a risk on scene for no reason. Scene could yep. Scene could have been the second best safety in football. You you didn't need to take the risk on him. like right. you had you had the surefire candidate and Kyle Hamilton right there, and you didn't take it.
0: But here's the other thing that gets me about this, is not only did Lewisine not wind up as the second-best safety out of that draft and the second-best safety in football, but Lewisine couldn't even beat out sixth-round Josh Metellus as a backup to be in the backup role. Josh Metellus outplayed Lewisine for that role. I mean, and all these people, you, you they sat there, oh, you need to watch more tape. You don't know what you're talking about. You clearly aren't watching the tape on this guy. Uh-huh. Clearly you weren't either because guess what? I watched plenty of tape and I did my homework and I did, I watched, I looked at all the scouting reports. I went through and through and I said, Lewisine is not the guy. And guess what? Lewisine got drafted and Lewisine has been a bust so far. So, I mean, I, Kyle Hamilton's best safety in football. I was right at the end of the day, Vikings Twitter. I was right. And I was right about Andrew Booth. I was right about Trent McDuffie. I was right, and I'm victory lapping the fuck out of that, because for all the bullshit that I got on Twitter from those fucking from my, my fellow fucking fans that claimed that they knew this draft so well, I studied this fucking thing, front to back, so tell me I'm wrong because I'm not. Kyle Hamilton is the best safety in football, period, and he was the better pick. And you're right, Tyler. He was the surefire guy, and he fell into our lap, and we traded down for no goddamn reason. And yeah, say, Doppel- two, a,
1: pick, two, a guy who was supposed to two. go top five, was going late, goes was, was in the early teens, and and uh, Vikings should have taken him, and me rightfully so. Um, um, was talking about jockeys over a guy that should have went ten picks sooner, right? It made no sense,
2: and you traded that pick to the Detroit freaking Lions, who picked up picked up uh, Jameson Williams. James, Jameson Williams. Yeah, that's the, that is the guy. So, and, and he's come, and he's gonna he's coming back off of injury. So let's see how well he performs the rest. Oh, of Oh, also,
1: season. newsflash: um, if if would have just drafted Jameson Williams, Scott would probably still be le- less upset because Williams is having just as good of a season as seen.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just by sitting I mean, on the couch.
1: Yeah,
0: take. Hamilton it just didn't make sense. So now the Vikings are and and this is turning into like like whereas a lot of Vikings fans were excited and were supporting Quasie Adafo Mensa, this is turning into quite honestly one of the worst drafts in the history of Minnesota Vikings football. Outside of Brian Osamoa, this draft has not worked out. It has not been good. Well,
1: as far as um Quasi goes, outside of of that and uh, trading for Hawk, I mean the, the experiment with the GM has been not great.
0: Uh, the draft was bad. KOC's been good. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, Kwasi has been very good in finding head coaches. I think he's been good in free agency. But this draft was an absolute shit show. The only guy out of this draft that has filled out well is Brian Asimola. And they've barely been using him. That's the thing that gets me there. They've barely been using this fucking guy. And he, he showed in, in the preseason. I was looking at him going, this guy's a stud. They barely fielded Brian Asimola. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. None. So I have questions there. Um, but I, I believe that, that Vikings Twitter owes me a fucking apology for all the bullshit I got this offseason because I ranted about it this offseason. And uh, here we are. So Tyler, number one goes to Chris Olave, right? We. Oh, oh, you're cutting in and out there, buddy.
2: I I think it's safe to say that that is the case. And uh, if we take a look at his stat line, uh, you know, he went, you know, he had an 83.2 PFF grade an 84.4 receiving grade. Uh, It says here he could use work on his run blocking. I I think that makes sense. Yeah, his
0: his run blocking grade was a little rough, uh, a little rough around the edges. He he did have the five receptions, 102 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He had a great game this last game. Um, his run blocking grade has been questionable. Um, but, but, uh, I mean, Olave, I don't know that he, I, part of me thinks that, that, you know, we 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 sort of got to play with the kid gloves when it comes to Olave because he hasn't had good quarterback play at his disposal when it comes to Andy Dalton and so on and so forth. But, uh, also, um, you know, he's playing well in spite of it. I think he's on pace for a very good year. Uh, I, he should break a thousand. I think he's on his, on his way there. Uh, but Chris Olave is a good receiver. Uh, I think with a better quarterback, we might see a better version of Chris Olave. Tyler, what say you?
2: Um, if he could say anything, yeah, uh, he's, he's still frozen. Yeah, you're so, a little.
0: Alex, what's uh, you on this guy?
2: So with Chris Olave, I agree. Like you get it, you get a different quarterback and you get a better one. You know, you're good, you're going to see more production out of this guy. Right now, he's sitting pretty at 760 yards, and he's projected to go 1175. So, uh, you know, at this point, you know, I I think it's true that, you know, if you get if you get a better quarterback in New Orleans, uh, you'll you'll have a better Chris Olave as a result.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think if they they go into this draft and they wind up uh, getting their quarterback of the future, we might be having a a different story. Tyler, would you agree?
1: Oh, 100 percent.
0: Yeah. Andy Dalton is such a statue back there.
1: So I, uh, I just think Olave's is playing great, considering it all, and I I I put him at one. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna defend keeping him at one. I I, I think Olave's having himself a phenomenal season, especially have to step in for guys like Michael Thomas and Kamara who who was who, injured early part of the season, and I I think has doing fantastic.
0: Yeah, he's he's been very good. Um, so with that, we got our rookie rankings uh, in in the books here. Uh, next up, we we we're gonna swing the break here real quick. We're gonna do our news stories. Uh, we don't have a ton of news this week. Surprise, surprise. And uh, then we're gonna do our predictions and we're gonna be rocking and rolling. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz.
2: At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yatta's goal is to help people in a natural way Offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at IYTMassage.com. It's Your Time Massage a natural way to improve your
0: well-being.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
2: ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am one of your co-hosts, the Cannonball, Alex Steele. Hooray! Hooray! (laughs)
0: Hooray! Alex Steele on board. Uh, Tyler uh, seems like he's away from his uh, uh, his keyboard. There, he's he's uh, I think taking a whiz.
2: Probably. He'll he'll be back. He's probably refilling his beer.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got to do that, too. But, you know, uh, either way, uh, you know, I'm the the fabulous one, Scott of Craytown. Uh, and you know what? Tyler uh, is over there, you know, doing his business. There he is. Tyler is, is here. Boo! The tenacious, Tyler Dean. Boo!
1: Huh, boo? Um, yeah, save <laughs> the boo, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I cheered Alex, so I had to boo you. But uh, <laughs> it's like face and heel. But anyway, um, we got some news around the league. We got a few things going on. Not a ton of news. There, you know, the the news has obviously slowed down in the last couple of weeks. The trade deadline already happened, you know, so there's not a lot going on. But we do have a few things to talk about. Um, let's let's go ahead and jump into the elephant in the room. Justin Fields, quarterback. Uh, he's listed as questionable versus the Jets. Separated uh, his shoulder against the um, the Falcons last week, uh, on the very last drive. Uh, you know. It, they thought it was just a dislocation. Turns out to be a separation. Turns out he's he played right through it. He's listed as questionable this week. Frankly, I don't care. I hate Justin Fields. I think he's a bust. Um, you know what? What do you make of this situation, Alex?
2: A bub, a <laughs> It's it's bad news. It's bad news for the Bears overall because I mean, who do they have as their backup? You know, I, I, we have no idea. Uh, so, I
1: don't. I don't know.
2: I mean, there's probably some. The, it's
1: probably somebody better than Fields.
2: Probably we'll find out and you know, they're sitting at three and eight in the division, you know, it's definitely not going to help, you know, I mean, it's the whole, the whole place is a dumpster fire right now.
1: Oh, maybe not. It's Trevor Simeon. Oh (laughs)
2: oh boy. So so
0: Trevor Simeon, Uh, I don't know, but either way, uh, old Bustin Justin Fields, he's got the separated shoulder. He may not start against the, uh, against the, um, who do they play this? against the Jets, that's right. that's what I said earlier. but uh, one guy that will be activated within that division or that is looking like he's going to be activated soon and we alluded to it earlier Jamison Williams could be activated in week 13 versus the Jaguars for the Detroit Lions. Um, I, I mean are you are you like like Donald Trump over there? I'm gonna come?
2: <laughs> well, what? I'm definitely excited. I really want to see what this kid can do and and how much di- and what dynamic he can add to the passing game and the offense. Because we already have Amad Ross St. Brown, we already have what's um, what's DJ what's
1: Chark. Do, 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 do. We,
2: have, we have DJ uh, Chark. Yes, and, and and the running back we have De- DeAndre Swift, and uh, we have Jamal Williams. So you know, and we also have Jamal you know, Williams. You know, so it's it's going to be interesting to see you know what what uh, James Williams can add to this mix. Can it be? Can we make it even more potent? I certainly hope so.
0: I, I think you guys can. I think that that offense is dangerous as all hell. They got one of the best offensive lines in football. Yeah. Uh, the Detroit Lions are scary. They are scary good, and people aren't realizing it. They're <laughs> flying under the radar. I'm telling you, if they go into this offseason and they do things right, which I know we can, you know, the Lions can sometimes lion out and not do the things that they're supposed to do.
1: Hey, but they if- need a tight end.
0: They do need a tight end. Um,
2: they do. Yeah, they, they traded away. They trade away Hawk. So you know they yeah. kind of get a need, new. They need a first round tight. Don't dra- Don't draft that tight end in the first round. <laughs> yeah.
0: but but they do need they do need a just get their quarterback in the future, um, and and I do think that they do need a tight end. And then beyond that, it should be straight defense and free e- free agency. Um, they should be straight defense in the draft. They need to go defense, defense, defense. And I think that's where they're going to go. But if the Lions do the right thing. They could wind up uh, uh, the, probably one of the more dangerous teams next year, uh, and they could be. Well, making-
1: plus, the thing is, don't don't put too much faith in Williams for this year. He's coming off a pretty major injury. I'd expect Williams to be easing in and be more looking to him be dangerous next season.
0: Yeah, I agree, um, and and i I've, I've said it several times on this show. If Jamison Williams had stayed healthy in the national championship game and didn't tear his ACL, we're having a different conversation about who the national champions were in that game. Uh, Alabama would have won that game because Georgia could not slow him down.
1: And, and what team he, he, he'd even be on right now.
0: Right. I agree. So um, all elsewhere around that division, speaking of wide receivers in the NFC North, the Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson surpasses Randy Moss's record for receiving yards through the first three seasons. Is he the best receiver in football? I think so.
1: I said it before the season started. He is.
0: Yep.
2: Uh, no, I, I, you're not going to get any argument from me.
0: Yeah, I, I think all the the Jamar Chase talk we, – we heard all this talk last year about Jamar Chase this, Jamar Chase that. Oh, I think Jamar Chase is amazing. I don't give a shit what anybody has to say. Jims, Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football. He was the best uh, receiver in football. There's last. Two,
1: there's, there's two guys you could argue because of longevity, but and, and they're, they're both still playing phenomenal in in, in Hill and Adams. But um, I said it before he started, I, I, I like Jefferson just a little bit better. and It's looking like that's the case right now. Hill, yeah. who's having – just as good of a season as Jefferson, he's right on his on his, on his tail there. But um, I think those are, the, those are those are the three.
0: Yeah, I think right now that's kind of what you're looking at. I I just um,
1: digs right there behind them.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the Vikings uh, they got a great receiver here. He's in his third year. Um, his fourth and fifth year are coming up, and and they're obviously going to pick up the fifth year option. But I think the Vikings would be smart to after this season they re-sign him to a deal. And they put part of that money into his fourth and fifth year of his rookie contract, and they could just kind of make that that contract much more reasonable on a yearly basis if they do that. He's going to get paid big money. We know he's going to get paid big money. So uh, Justin Jefferson uh, surpassing Randy Moss's record through for the first three years. Uh, next up, speaking of Jamar Chase, let's talk about these Bengals. Jamar Chase, he's ruled as a game-time decision versus the Saints on Sunday due to that hip injury. And also running back Joe Mixon, he's ruled out for Sunday's game versus the Titans with a concussion. Tyler, that's got to hurt your fantasy squad. Got to go pick up some Ajay uh, uh,
1: Yes and no. I, I, I got a couple good guys that can I can sub I think I'm going to put Hopkins right in that role.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Jamar. Jamar Chase, he's ruled as a game-time decision. Uh, do you think that ever, all these Bengals fans, as well as Joe Burrow, they're probably uh, rock hard seeing the possibility of Jamar Chase making his way back to the fold, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he, he clearly is the number one receiver on that team. You do have Tyler Boyd. You do have T. Higgins. And, you know, without Joe Mixon, you your running game is absolutely sus. But, um, you know, the, the more help that you can get, the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I think that that they needed um, they needed to to get a uh, they need to get a better running game out there. I think I think Mixon is good, but they need to get a better backup for him. I think Samaj P. Ryan is okay. Um, I don't think he's anything special, anything to write home about. Um, but they're going to backup. Yeah, he's a good, decent backup. I I think they're going to be relying more on that passing game though. I think everybody is excited about. Uh, about the idea of Jamar Chase coming back, I mean, including myself, I, I like I like him a lot. So we're gonna we're gonna see uh, Jamar Chase making his way back to the fold. Um, elsewhere around the league, the Buffalo Bills, man, this is another huge one. Uh, on Thanksgiving, Von Miller versus the Lions. He leaves with a, a knee injury. Turns out to be a lateral meniscus tear. He could be re- reevaluated in the next seven to ten days. It could be a season-ending injury. Does this kill the Buffalo Bills' chance of being Super Bowl contenders here? I think the Bills are on a major downturn right here, and this does not help the situation.
2: It definitely doesn't help. I mean, you know, I I don't think that they're completely cooked yet, but as we were alluding to, you know, the Bills are, you know, squeaking by wins. They squeaked by the – they didn't necessarily squeak by the Browns, but they squeaked by the Detroit Lions, you know, one of the – you know, it, it, you know, it's like they are. They may be very well be on the downturn, and this is troubling news. If if your Bills mafia, yeah, I, yeah think- I
1: disagree. I I I the Von Miller hit is huge. I don't think the Bills are on the downturn. They they had a hard fought game against a very good Lions offense, but then they 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 creamed the Browns. I I don't think the Browns the, the Bills are on a downturn, but losing Von Miller is is, is a gigantic hit to the defense.
0: Yeah, it's it's a massive hit. Um, I I just I really think that it's it's brutal to say the least. Um, not n- I, I really think the Bills' defense has been suffering the last couple of weeks. They've had a lot of points put up on them, um, and and they haven't been playing up to snuff. Realistically, uh, the, the I think the Bills are are really hitting the skids a little bit. Uh, I mean, they might turn it around, but I mean, it's going to re- be reliant on Josh Allen. Um, if Von Miller can't be on the field, they're in trouble on that defensive side of the football, um, especially with the fact that they already play a lot of nickel. Um, it, it's going to be, be kind of painful to watch. Uh, next up, 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. He's listed as questionable versus the Saints with a hamstring injury. Uh, do you think the Niners can still get it done without him on the field? Do you
1: think CMC takes on a larger
0: role? Tyler, what do you
1: got? I think the Niners get it done regardless. I, I, I think the Niners are one of the hottest teams in the football right now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do think they're a very uh, interesting squad, uh, to say the least. Uh, CMC uh, has been a guy that that I've been looking forward to seeing, but I haven't really seen as much of as I thought I would. Uh, Alex, what do you make of this, this situation with Debo?
2: I mean, you know, Debo is definitely a dynamic player. I mean, you want to have him on your squad, but uh, you, you, I think you have enough talent on that team. With Jimmy G, with CMC, uh, you know, with with the rest of the squad there, you have the ability uh, to get by you know the next couple of games. So it's not as dire of a situation as having von Miller uh, not play for the bills. Uh, but I mean it's still it's still a bad you know you, you, you hope that you hope that Debo can play.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would tend to think that they would they would be hoping for that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's you know what's going on in 49er land, I guess you could say. Uh, Next up around that division, Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray and wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown are back on track to return on Sunday versus the Chargers. Got to be a little relieving for the Cardinals if they're going to have a shot at making the playoffs and winning out. These guys have to be healthy, right? I mean, if they're going to make the playoffs, they got to win out. But those have to be healthy for that.
2: For sure. And. You know, you know and they, they already have a tough schedule as it is. Right. So, you know, you need, you need all the weapons you can get.
0: Yeah, Tyler, do you think they, they can win out?
1: I, I mean, I think they can. They have the talent to do it, but just the way the team's playing, I, I don't think it's it, it, it's possible here.
0: I agree. I don't think it's possible either. Um, they're going to have a, a rough stretch here near the end of the year, and, and uh, it's going to be a tough go for the old Cardinals. Um, around the division, Rams quarterback Matt Stafford, he's ruled out for Sunday's game uh, due to a concussion. And uh, also, Rams, they make an interesting move. And and Stafford, we, we, he's been out for a couple of weeks. So, I mean, we, we know that, that that's just going to be an ongoing thing. I think Stafford's injury bug has been bad all year. But they released running back Daryl Henderson after a fumbling issue. Uh, the Jags claimed to go the waivers. I think this is a, a steal for the Jags. Um, I think he is a higher end backup, as far as I'm concerned. Daryl Henderson, he's not a bad running back. Um, I'm surprised the Rams released him, uh, and, but it kind of opens the door for Cam Akers, right?
1: That does. He's the only running back on the depth chart, I think, at this point.
0: Well, I don't know, Tyler. You you could be uh, talking about your Jake Funk. Is that the guy you could be talking about? Oh, <laughs> God damn it.
2: Who? <laughs> that,
0: that was the guy you were fired up about, right? Old Jake Funk. Is, is he even on the main roster? I think he is. I think <laughs> it was the third stringer. Right now,
1: right now it's it listed as the second stringer is going to be Kieran Williams.
0: Yeah, Kieran Williams did get picked up uh, from the, uh, the uh, Cardinals. He, the Cardinals waived him last week, and they did pick up Kieran Williams. Uh, but, you know, Jake Funk, baby. Come on, Tyler. That's your
1: point. <laughs> if, if, if he takes off at this point, i would mean, be holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. It
0: would be, be about a year and a half. Well, well, Jake
1: Jake Funk's on the Colts.
0: Oh, he went to the Colts. Okay, so no no Jake Funk for you. But Kyron, <laughs> well, it, it
1: is wild. Her. The, the, the Colts cut Philip Lindsay to pick up Jake Funk. Wow, hmm. what's wow. happening here?
0: I don't understand it. Philip Lindsay is a guy that I he reminds me of an Alfred Morris. He he still does another one. <laughs> Another one. The teams just undervalue certain players, and and Philip Lindsay is one of them. Um, they, they don't give that man enough credit. Um, elsewhere, speaking of of the AFC South, the Texans are set to bench QB Davis Mills ahead of Sunday's game versus the Dolphins. They're going to start backup QB Kyle Allen. Um, I think that's Ooh. kind of a mess, to be honest with you, because Kyle Allen has come in and as a backup and notoriously not been good. Um, so I don't think it's a very much of an improvement as far as the Davis Mills situation goes, just kind of a silly move. Texans are kind of looking at, at pick number one, they're going to get their QB in the future. Uh, I don't, I don't think this is very smart on their end, but I mean, at this point it's starting to look like a tank situation, right? I would agree.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a total dumpster fire situation. They have no personnel, you know, there there's nothing left, you know? So what, what's left to do, but just to, you know, tank and get the and get the number one draft pick.
0: Yeah, I, it's it, I, it's a tankathon at this point. I think it's I think it's silly, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're headed. Um, also in the AFC, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Jets QB Zach Wilson is being benched by Robert Robert Saleh for uh, not taking responsibility for bad play. Mike White's to start on Sunday versus the Bears with Joe Flacco as the number two. Wilson isn't even going to dress on Sunday. We sort of addressed it earlier. Um, Zach Wilson, are, are we set to call him a bust at this point? <clears throat> not yet.
2: Not yet. Yeah. Huh? I mean, well, I mean, th- this is definitely not a, a good situation for Zach Wilson to be in, uh, to basically be, be put in a corner with the dunce hat on. Um, yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> I don't know. That, that, that's, no, that's true. I mean, uh, granted, I mean, I, you would, you would think that that would come from some, some of your teammates, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, and, uh, to an extent, uh, the running back, I, his name escapes me for the moment. Brees Hall, uh, Brees, Brees Hall before he went down. Right. You know, it, it, I think things have kind of been on free fall since Brees Hall went down. I mean, not free fall, but definitely a downturn.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I just, I really think that the the Jets are going to have to go into this year's draft, even though in spite of the fact that they have a good record, they're going to have to kind of dig around and try and find themselves a quarterback of the future because Zach Wilson isn't it, and they took him way too early. And uh, it just seems... You know, like this, this is a bus situation. Um, but anyhow, next up, commanders. They designate quarterback Carson Wentz to return from practice from IR. Do you think that Taylor Heineke sees the bench? Or is Taylor Heineke the starter for the Washington commanders at this point?
1: I think right now it's Taylor Heineke. The, the team's really, we said it earlier, the team's really behind him for, for some unknown reason. I'm not sure why, but that's where we're at.
0: Yeah, they love the hell out of him.
2: I'm not sure if it's the right decision. You know, uh, now granted, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, has been hurt a lot and, you know, he could re-injure himself, you know, you know, yeah, the players are playing behind Taylor Heineke, but is he the better quarterback? I mean, we were talking about it earlier, you know, Carson Wentz statistically is the better quarterback, you know, but, you know, so, so I guess it depends on what we see.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think Carson Wentz um, shown he's the better quarterback, but, you know, kind of is what it is. Um, now, last but not least, uh Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers said he's been playing with a broken thumb since week 5. <clears throat> you know, I feel like we hear that kind of bullshit from Aaron Rodgers every year at some point in time, le- about kind of around this time of year, "Oh, I've been playing with an injured shoulder." "Oh, I've been playing with an injured knee." "Oh, I've been playing with an injured hand." "Oh, I've been bre- dealing with a <sighs> thumb or a broken finger or whatever else." I feel like, you know, it, a lot of it uh, uh I would hate to say it's attention seeking, but part of me feels like it is. To be honest with you, well, It's so-
1: it's it's the Brady move too. Every time Brady wins a Super Bowl, it's, oh yeah, yeah, I've had a torn ACL since week two.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> some some ridiculous bullshit. Um, uh, you- let's
2: let's not let's not let's call a spade a spade here. The Green Bay Packers suck this year, and not bullshit. just because we all hate them, but they absolute, but statistically and you know standings wise. They absolutely suck.
0: Yeah, they do. Um, I, I don't think the Packers are worth a shit anymore. I don't think they have their quarterback anymore. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be going bye bye after this year. I think he's done. Um, and they don't have any receivers. You know, they still nope. don't have any receivers. When Alan Lazard's your number one, I don't believe in Alan Lazard. And, and I think that this— uh, Chris- Whether it's
1: Lazard or— or Watson or uh, Cobb or Tanyan, They're all
2: just. Randall Cobb is the only, you know, name left on that roster.
1: Yeah, the
0: only name. And really, he's in the twilight of his career, too. I mean, it's it's silly. But Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's been playing with a broken thumb. Uh, I think it's bullshit, but that's what it is. And that is our news around the league. Um, We got one more little bit of business. To get down to business, uh, yeah, some business—that's what it is. Uh, right now, we are—I mean, Tyler, you and I—I I mean, after the Thanksgiving games, you have retaken your lead. I will say that. But um, I, I, we, we got to a tie, my friend. We tied up. I caught up with you. It's one hundred yeah. and one. We are tied up. Uh, Alex is one hundred and sixty three and one. So on our tail. And Andrew is 91-72-1. So Andrew is is uh, on the tail there. So, fellas, we got our predictions to jump through. I'm going to tell you real quick, going into the Thanksgiving games, we did have the three games already be played. The Bills beat the Lions 28-25. The Cowboys beat the Giants 28-20. And uh, the Vikings did beat the Patriots um I went 2 for 3 in that situation. Uh, Alex went 2 for 3, Tyler went a whopping
2: No, three- I went one, I went 1 for 3. I went for uh the Patriots to beat the Vikings and uh, the Vikings pulled it off.
0: Oh, gotcha. I went I went Bills Patriots or Bills Cowboys Patriots is is what I went at and I got the Bills and Cowboys correct. Tyler, you got all 3, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um so that's that. And uh, Andrew went Lions, Cowboys, Vikings. Uh, he went one for three as well. So, um,
1: yeah. We went two. No, we went two and one.
0: Lions, yeah. Cowboys. Oh, yeah. He went two and one rather. That's right. He went two and one. Alex went one and three. So, yeah, I can't count. But in any case. <laughs> it's, been,
2: uh, uh, it's the beer talking.
0: No, I'm just I'm marking all these down and I'm like, oh, boy, you know, just mm-hmm. make we have got a markdown. But, uh, gentlemen, we have some more games to jump through for Week 12. Are you ready? Yes, yes, sir. All right, let's jump into our predictions for Week 12 in the NFL. Starting on uh, at 1 o'clock on Sunday, Dolphins and Texans. I'm going with the Dolphins. I think this is a no-brainer.
2: Yeah, Dolphins all day. I mean, like we said, Texans are a complete dumpster fire. They're tanking their season. And Tua, Waddle, and uh, Tyreek Hill— We'll all combine oh, to uh, have, some, have some have a good game today.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that it's just going to be. They should they should be pounding the Texans in this game. Uh, Tyler, what do you got?
1: Dolphins all day.
0: Yeah, I thought so. Um, yeah, so we all with Dolphins across the board there. Next up, Bengals and Titans. Uh, Bengals kind of iffy. Titans kind of running the ball. I'm going to go ahead with the the, the Titans here. I, I think I'm. I, I got to take that that shot, even though with the, possibly coming back, I'm going tight.
2: Yep, I am taking a shot with the Bengals and with Jamar Chase possibly coming back. You know that that's definitely going to help the receiver core. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't help that Joe Mixon's not on the field, but I think the Bengals are going to have just about enough to get this done. Yep. Without
0: Joe Mixon, I'm taking tight here. Tighten all day for uh, for Tyler and myself. Uh, next up. We got the Broncos and the Panthers. Uh, cool. It's kind of an iffy one. I just don't know what quarterback's going to start. I'm going with the Broncos here.
2: Well, this is again, this is a game of which team sucks worse, and uh, the team that sucks worse is going to be the Panthers. So I'm going with the Broncos.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's very much that. that Although two- if Dante,
2: if Dante Foreman can find his footing and get a good running game going, you know that'll definitely uh, help the Panthers.
0: Yeah. I think this is that toothless lion, dead zebra analogy yes. that's quite often.
2: So, Sam Darnold.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: going to play decent enough to beat to, um, to Russ and his um, uh, cooking his. Uh, hot you, you know what the scary smoker.
2: thing is? You could be right.
0: <laughs> you know, Sam Darnold. I, you could be right because of what we saw out of Sam Darnold out of those three games last year, where he got red hot and Tyler was soaking his jockeys over him, and then he. <laughs> He made us look like a bunch of dummies because we're like, man, Sam Darnold, maybe he just needed to go to another place. And, yeah, so much for that shit. Uh, But Darnold, uh, he will be getting the start here. You know, I I don't blame Tyler for going Panthers. I I mean, this is just a shit show of a game. Uh, Next up, Bears and Jets. Uh, You know, even in spite of the quarterback situation, I, I see an injured Justin Fields. Possibly not playing. If he doesn't play, I don't think the Bears have a prayer. I'm they going... don't have a
2: prayer now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm going with the Jets, though. I mean, with Mike White on the field, I mean it's kind of tough. I think they'd have a shot if Fields was on the field. I'm going with the Jets.
2: Yeah. I'm
1: taking
2: it safe and taking the Jets. J E T S, Jets, 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 because of the sauce boss.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like I like Gardner having a bounce back game here. Uh, next up, Falcons and Commanders. Uh, you know, the Falcons kind of playing good. Commanders kind of playing good. I'm going with Commanders. I'm riding the hot hand.
2: Hmm. I am going with uh, the Atlanta Falcons, actually. I'm taking a chance on this one. Yeah, uh, it, It's, you know, it's Arthur Smith, and it's, you know, they're not using Drake London properly. Uh... You know, but, you know, I, th- I think I'm going to go ahead and take my chances and go with
0: the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I just don't think we know what team is going to uh, uh, show up week over week for the Falcons. So I, I understand the the apprehension there for you. But, yeah, that's just what it is. I'll I'm t- going to do
1: I'm the commanders on this one. I'm going to play it a little safe
0: here, I think. Yeah, got to ride the hot hand, I think. Uh, next up, we got the Bucks and the Browns. I think Tom Brady is coming on right now. I'm going with the Bucks.
2: Yeah, you know, he's two zero oh since the divorce finalized. <laughs>
1: so
2: I'm I'm going with the I'm going with the Bucks. Yep.
1: They also they also haven't played anybody. but well, that's, oh, nice. that's true. <laughs> um, I'm taking the Bucks here too. Far. I think the Browns are not quite ready to
2: be. No.
0: Yeah, they're they're not prepared for this situation. Uh, next up, we got Ravens and the Jags. Even though the Jags have been improved lately, I am still going with the Ravens here. I think the Ravens are red hot. Have a real opportunity to take number one seed. I'm going with the Ravens.
1: Uh, Ravens here, even though I like the fact that um, Trevor Lawrence um, took blame for his loss. as opposed to some other quarterbacks, you know.
0: So. Right.
2: right. <laughs> yeah, I am definitely taking the Ravens as well, although it should be a close one.
0: Yeah, I, I shouldn't I, be. Yeah, it shouldn't be. But, it shouldn't uh, be, it, but some tells me it might be. The Jags are an improved team this year. They got a couple more years before they're where they need to be. Uh, But they are a definitely improved team, and I think Trevor Lawrence is an improved quarterback this year compared to last year. So, um, yeah, I I think he's been better, um, and I think they've got a better coach over there. So we'll see. But uh, I'm going Ravens in this one. Uh, Next up, the Raiders and the Seahawks. The Raiders pulled out a win last week, but I like the Seahawks here. I think Geno Smith and company, they, they take care of business. I'm going with the Seahawks.
2: Same, same here. Same
0: here. Yep. Seahawks across the board there. Next up, we got Chargers and the Cardinals. Uh, you know, you never know what Chargers team is going to show up. I think they're probably a little pissed off from last week. I'm actually going to go with the Chargers here, even with Hollywood and Kyler coming back.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I, think the, I think the Chargers are definitely a force to be reckoned with. You know, Justin Herbert is a superior quarterback. You know, if Kyler Murray does come back and starts turning the jets on, you know, we could see something. Uh, but other than that, you know, I'm going with Chargers.
1: Yep. Tyler? Uh, yeah, I'm going with I'm Chargers. I, I, Chargers have been close games all year. You
2: games
0: to to Yeah, they, that's, those are the games they need to win <clears throat> if they have a shot at the playoffs. Chargers are still on the outside looking in. We considered them possible Super Bowl contenders moving into the season, given how all the moves they met on defense. Their defense hasn't been really good this year. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. But the Chargers, I'm uh, across the board here. Uh, next up, Saints and Niners. Uh, the Saints defense has been really good, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Niners here. I, In spite of the fact that Debo might not be on the field, I just really like the Niners.
2: Myself as well. Niners all day. For, for, the, for, the, for the reasons I mentioned earlier.
0: Yep, probably the most dangerous team in the playoffs right now uh, moving in. Uh, next up, Rams and the Chiefs. Uh, you know, if the Rams are looking like shit, the Chiefs are looking like they usually do. I'm going with the Chiefs.
2: Kansas City.
0: Yep. Don't doubt Patty Mahomes. Yeah. How about the Chiefs? Uh, next up, Packers and Eagles. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying this could be a situation where Aaron Rodgers turns it on and and does what Aaron Rodgers does, Sunday night football, on primetime, whatever. The Bulch. refs.
2: I'm
0: going with the Eagles.
2: Yeah, fly Eagles, fly. You know, really the only chance Aaron Rodgers will have of winning this game is, is paying off the refs.
0: Yeah, that's basically where I'm at. Tyler, who you got? I, uh,
1: I think Eagles get off their little, their little uh, downward spiral here and get back to
0: business. Yeah, I think they're gonna, they're gonna do what they, they've been doing. I, I'm going Eagles. And last but not least, probably a really boring game on Monday Night Football: Steelers and Colts. Um you know, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Colts here. I'm going to ride that Jeff Saturday hot hand. All
2: right. Um, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Tyler, well, what do you got?
1: And I don't like this game. I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody does. <laughs> um. The Steelers played really good with the Bengals last week. They're both kind of playing weirdly hot right now. But I think... JT's kind of got things figured out. I'm, I'm, gonna go, I'm going to go home
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And uh, that is your predictions for week 13 in the NFL. Um, and guys, it's a football holiday, but before we take off and, and go watch this Michigan OSU game here, um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give a shout out to our sponsor over at It's Your Time Massage. is um, a wonderful massage therapist. She's doing two-for-one special right now through the uh, end of Christmas. So you'll be able to get two massage. Or uh, – uh, I'm sorry, not two-for-one. Buy two, get one. There we go. So you can uh, buy two massages. get one for free. Uh, you can check it out over at IYTMassage.com or you can check out her Facebook page at It's Your Time Massage. Uh, get yourself a massage, Tyler. Go get yourself some gift certificates. They make great presents. Wink, nudge, wink, nudge, fellas. Um, also, uh, out there at uh, Patch Miracle Photography – Please, 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 for the love of God, if you have any picture needs, Tyler, I know you got kids. You need those pictures done for those baby photos. Check out Patch Miracle Photography. We just got the uh, six-month photos done for the babies, and they do tremendous work. Uh, we, Like I said, they do weddings. They do maternity pictures. They do engagement pictures. If you're looking to do something sexy for that special someone in your life, get a boudoir shoot done over there at Patch Miracle Photography. It's the absolute best work I've seen in a out of a photographer in a long time. These are professional-grade photos, nothing to sneeze at. Check them out, Patch Miracle Photography. Also, <clears throat> got to give a shout-out to uh, um, uh, Face Kicked Apparel. Our boy Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife Lisa, they do tremendous work over there at a uh, um uh, uh, face kicked apparel i'm losing my train of thought here at face kicked apparel uh you hats hoodies shirts anything custom you pick it he sticks it over at face apparel.com check him out uh and and get all your custom clothing done uh also got to give uh alex his uh little spotlight here over at mm-hmm. Con- gaming corner my friend uh you guys have been doing um uh, we, we, stuff over there with your voice acting and whatnot, you guys got your YouTube channel rolling. I love what you're doing over there. Uh, what do you got on tap?
2: So we've kind of been off the voice acting train for the last couple of weeks only because, you know, circumstances haven't allowed it to happen, but, uh, I'm going to go give you guys a little preview. You know, uh, as you know, I've been dealing with classic Hodgkin's, classic Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was yes. diagnosed on April 29th. Uh, I had my last PET scan in July. And that showed uh, no trace of the disease. And I just had another PET scan uh, this past Tuesday. And uh, Monday is mm-hmm. uh, the day I'm going to the doctor and getting the official interpretation. I'm telling tell you right now, you guys remember some really good news. Uh, but to celebrate, our package and I are going to bring you episode three, uh, a recipe for turnabout uh, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> instead of watching that boring ass Steelers and Colts game, come check us out for an evening. You know, you won't regret it. Um, So th- that's what we're doing. Uh, Monday night is a special night. We usually do our streams on Wednesday nights. Uh, we're just going to do it on a Monday uh, because it's a big day.
0: Yep. Uh, and then we also got to give one more shout out to big Willie dubs gaming over there. Our, our uh, fellow streamer, he is doing outstanding things over there. A lot of uh, newer items. I know will has been uh, hitting Warzone a lot lately. He's been doing it up. So, check them out. Big Willie dubs gaming, a very entertaining channel. If you go on there, I, I bug the shit out of him every now and then, just like I bugged mm. you guys on there and, and have some fun. Uh, the commentary is always entertaining, but, um, those are our shout outs and our sponsors for the show. And gentlemen, that is our show. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I hope you guys enjoy your, uh, your football Sunday tomorrow. I hope you guys enjoy this OSU Michigan game that's going on. um, and I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. I don't know about you guys. I had a great Thanksgiving.
2: Uh, it was tremendous for me. So yep. good. Yep.
0: Tyler, do you have a good Thanksgiving? Always a good time. Always, oh, yeah. Tyler, Knowing Tyler and me and, and like just our group, I'm like, oh, yeah, we were, we were all shit-faced.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz.
2: Ciao.
1: Join us soon on the Outside Blitz and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz and
0: feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com